You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benham. I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. And we've been chatting in a especially long pre-show. Had a great chat there. Baywatch Nights. Lex Luger oh. basically did a mini deep cut. John Virgo. <laughs> it's a lot of subjects. It gets wilder <laughs> every week in that. I mean, it was kebabs last week. Like, and, and quite extensive talk on, on kebabs and, and pissed up food. Anybody had any kebabs this week? I had a dirty kebab burger after we talked about it on the uh, the weekend show on Friday. They forgot me chips though, me order. I was going to the bad bath. It's like oh, they, they got me one pound fifty back, but like I'm never gonna get that moment back, am I? When I wanted my chips, it was it hurt, you know, it hurt. Outrageous. Mm. The, the level of disappointment it. there that you like you must have been experiencing at that moment. It was like Alex after footy training last week was begging me to take him to Mackey's. So I took him to Mackey's and I think, I can't remember where Sarah was. She was out. So I was like, oh, I'll have a Mackey's for my tea. So I like ordered the old vegetarian wrap, got home, opened it up, put chicken in there, hadn't they? So no, uh, you like, you like me. No, no, no. Mackey's raft there for me. Fuming. You can't rely on these people, Gareth. That's what I've learned. I went to I literally went to Starbucks today. Not that I'm showing off five pounds for a coffee, you know. Must be doing well. Um <laughs> make sure it's going well. Um no, like I always get I get oat milk because I can't do dairy with the amount of times. I always you'd always that dickhead going, that's definitely oat milk, right? Because there's all like one in five times they're gonna fuck it up. And I'm not getting paid enough to be asked, are they? So yeah, you gotta check these mm. things, but no, there's nothing worse. Like I used to have with me, my dad to go to, to McDonald's, like famous thing is I don't eat cheese, is it? And he'd come home with like everyone's food and my hamburgers would be cheeseburgers and it was just the most devastating feeling in the world. The whole rest of the family's tucking into the food and you've got a few cold chips and that's all you've got going. It's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> oh, I don't know, mate. It's not quite Oliver Twist, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fuming all them chips last week, mate. pound fifty doesn't cover my pain. I know that's all the chips cost, but you know, what was I supposed to do? Cook my own food? Been through a pandemic, <laughs> bullshit. It's. It, I, I have to admit, I've not. I've. I've had a Chinese the other week oh. after after work on Friday. Yeah, that was fucking great and mm. a t- tremendous time. And it lasted for surprisingly long afterwards because I'm a tight-fisted bastard and I'll get every fucking drip of barbecue and sweet and sour sauce out of the fuckers. Good lad. <laughs> to make sure I'm eating it, but certainly a good day afterwards. So yeah, spot on. Yeah, never turn it down if you're offered like extra sauce or, you know, even I'll nick a load of extra struggles from Starbucks. Get your money's worth. I'm paying a five for a coffee. <laughs> I'm stocking up the cup. I've done that. <laughs> nick a load of sugars. Don't yeah. need them. Just in case, though. Just you don't even case. love sugar. 
it's worth doing. But I, I did want to ask because today, like, I did get my Starbucks coffee and I did say on Twitter I'd ask the, the, the burning questions. Some, I think it was Monzo put the graph out there that apparently up and down the country, Greg's is the uh, the most popular takeout other than uh, in the London area, which is Pret. Uh, I don't know what that says about the uh, the London area. JP can uh, can defend them, but thoughts Surely on Pret, Gareth? Thoughts on Pret? Hate it like it better than Greg's? Hate it more than Greg's? Oh, I prefer it to Greg's. Definitely. Yeah, okay. 100%. I like a Pret, though. I do too. Yeah. It's very hipster. It's, uh, Hips, hipster, hipster corporate coffee. I think Pret is like the veg. It's, it's like um, Friday lunch at work. Mm. Do you know, like treat yourself. It's Friday. Mm. <laughs> that that kind bread. of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like gonna pay, gonna pay two quid more for a sandwich or something like that. But you might enjoy it that little little bit better. A little Friday treat. Yeah. In fairness, Workington's always been like that. It's always been that kind of place, isn't it? They don't don't like a Greg's. They turn off away from that. <laughs> Middle the class the, bakeries. The second the Pret turns up in working, it'll burn to the ground. <laughs> I'm surprised there's two in Liverpool. Fucking hell. <laughs> but it's, it's nice. Two. It's just expensive. Yeah, we got two. We're, we're spoiled, JP. There's two Pret's on the same street in Oxford. Like, I'm not joking. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> See, I think two's a lot. <laughs> Opposite the giga- one of them's opposite the the gigantic uh, Greg's that used to be a Moss Bros. Mm. I mean, you're raving there about the old festive festive bake barrel, but mm. the uh, the the vegan Christmas nut roast uh, butty from Pret. Oh, chef's kiss! Oh, I'll have to try that. <laughs> They've got like a vegan thing in oh. Starbucks right now that's pretty nice, but I haven't tried that. Have I tried like the because that was my thing today going for lunch? I was trying to decide whether I wanted to do the walk to Pret and get like the the Christmas spaghetti they have, or get the one from Greg's. And I got the one from Greg's just based on the fact that they said they it's got like a little sticker on it saying um, best uh, heated up or whatever. But <laughs> you might have thoughts on that, Gareth. <laughs> it was. Uh... I can't. Well, I can't like from Greg's. Yeah, Never I can't like happened. when you tweeted me saying, "Oh, lukewarm was it?" I was like, "Yeah, it was." I still want to admit it on the timeline. It was. <laughs> I, I was quite. I was quite pleased the way that is as well that you um the the photo you tweeted of it it was still in the brown paper bag as well, so I didn't even have to look at it. <laughs> That's how disgusted you were. Wow. This is fierce. This like from the creator of Greggle. It is, yeah. Like, the man who Jesus, put that banner that's... together, the Brandon. I suppose in your line of work, you have to hold your nose a lot with uh, with Brandon. But anyway, <laughs> I, I was going to say I've, I've done work for Greg's in the past. I won't be doing any more of it. Oh. Can you give us any light on uh, on the Greg's empire? Guys? It's in the pop plants while you're at the offices, then or something. <laughs> it's all about drive-throughs. But um, oh. is there a Greg's drive-through? Um, I don't know if they were doing one or not. They were, they were doing one. Anyway, we were doing the research for it anyway. Uh, Told them it was a terrible idea, of course, and they should shut down all their shops. Fortunately, <laughs> 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 well, they didn't listen. Sell up to a hedge fund manager who asset strips the company. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was in the home of Greg's in Newcastle. Mm. I was. Uh, I thought I thought I'd maybe get uh, mobbed um, pulling up into Newcastle by a uh, angry. Uh, you did get a lot of heat. Angry, angry, angry Greg's employees, but clearly I wasn't doing the uh, bully. Uh, bully Ray was right. There's no real heat these days, is there? Well, um, and you get heat if you turned up in a United Arab Emirates um, like <laughs> kind of uh, flag or something like that. I think that that'd be the thing that would make people kick off. <laughs> no, that name, um, the Gita Negro, was on um, on my Twitter t- telling me that. Um, 
where he, I think he's from Scotland, and like where he lives, yeah. so like he's like, oh, you got to go to local bakeries. My local bakery's open until three in the morning. And I was like, what the fuck <laughs> kind of like disco bakeries have you got going on? Like, Round here, yeah. if you turn up past twelve o'clock, there's no fucking pies left. You know what I mean? Like in our local bakeries. So. That's why I go to Greg's because I don't get up till twelve o'clock. Disco bakery. Bakery. Yeah. <laughs> this is I buy that. 24 hours because sometimes let's be frank if you're if you're in that kind of state and someone just wants is a loaf of bread mm. it's, it's that or nothing for a quid you just go do you know what? i'll fucking eat that freshly cooked loaf of bread slice no butter like a oh. fucking tramp like honestly to god i reckon that's that's not a bad option not saying yeah. you're making a lot of money from it there's a lot of bread to be yeah. baked and the hours may not make it worthwhile 3am is a mental time for a bakery to be open. i remember Unless being impressed then you might you might remember this, Gareth, like the crazy house having like its own little kitchen where you could get a burger at like three in the morning. I mean, it made yeah. me sick violently more than once, but you know, I thought that was good. Twenty-four hours. Thought that counts, wasn't it? Well uh, I mean, all, all, all I could taste was the sauce. Like whenever I ate from whenever I ate from the crazy house, it was always just put as much tomato sauce on as humanly possible. Taste of like crazy house. Taste of, of whatever wow. this is that I'm eating right now. <laughs> Liam's saying it was 24 hour Greg's in Birmingham. I'll take back everything bad I ever said about Birmingham. There you go. 24 hour Greg's. Ministry of Greg's. Well, there's the title. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Ministry of Greg's. There you go. Done. <laughs> it's all about Waterfields. Did you go to Waterfields when you lived in Crosby Banner? Once or twice, yeah. Yeah. I remember that like being... little, like I think they're like a little Wigan bakery. Mm. That's not Greg's out of the park, then, not. You ever had a good pie in Wigan? I've never had a good pie in Wigan. It's got this reputation. I never, I don't, I don't like. I've been to Wigan City Centre, well, like City Centre, Town Centre. It's not a city, is it? it? Doesn't count. Like a lot of times, never had a good pie. I think it's a myth. Never, never had a pie bomb. No, I want to them. <laughs> Anyone had the pleasure? The, the concept of it sounds nice. It can all say it sounds like a fucking mess, and I don't think my OCD could cope with that. Certainly not sober. Mm. Oh, I love this from uh, it. Anyway, fucking chicken and gravy everywhere. So we've got the chat's busy. This is the, this is the most popular the chat's going to be all night. Like oh, yes. te- te- uh, Dylan saying here, he used to have a Tesco. We go get some freshly baked bread after a club night at four in the morning. That's a good night. Like, there's oh. nothing better, is there? <laughs> Cornish pasta. That'll take the pills. That'll take the, the that'll take the Jack and Jill's blues away. That will. A <laughs> <laughs> loaf of bread. <laughs> can't have apple juice. Do you well, mate? Set you up for the next morning pretty well. Yeah, it stops, stops you chewing your tongue. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Yeah, Liam's right. Imagine this in Birmingham when I'm bringing up. I've been to Wigan. I've been to Wigan far too many times, mate. It's, uh, yeah. Rochdale, Rochdale, same thing. We'll go to Rochdale for the uh, return tie, JP, of Marine versus Rochdale. Do uh, pie butties, according to Andy. Oh, easily get on with like a, a pie butty. Mm. Then, just in general, butties, balms, the whole thing. I'm, I'm just in for like some sort of meat-based substance. Sorry, Gareth. Inside two low, two pieces of fluffy bread substance, and depending on what region you are, it's called by a million and one different things. Because I'm a southerner, I sound like a twat. If I say it. Right. Uh, I like you feeling the need to apologise to me there. Like I'm going to be I'm vegetarian and go wild at you for eating meat. It's when we were in the Baltic market in Liverpool, and I, I think I offered you like chicken twice, not just not thinking, and you were like, no, no, no. Literally in the in the middle of you like saying no and me apologising, JP came over with a big thing. Said, right, Gareth, want some chicken? I was like, for fuck's sake, leave the veggie alone. Again, this artful dodger impression. <laughs> 
be fair, I did ask Matty about his favourite chocolate bars. <laughs> his diabetic state. So. Well, <laughs> swing, swing and we're, not, we're not letting it slide for, um, was it Robocop 2 and mm. favourite crisps? Which I think he has like a top 30 that he wants to go through. Mm. And um, Geezers versus Zombies, is that the other one? Uh, Cockneys versus Cockneys Zombies. Versus zombies. That was it. You in it? With a Robocop 2 chaser. <laughs> Sounds like a good. It's a bit weird. They kill a kid in that. All sorts happens. <laughs> it's not Christmas if you're not watching RoboCop Avalanche. So uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be doing that uh, over the uh, over the festive period. But yeah, we've got to um, talk a lot today about um, current wrestling. We've got um, lots coming up on the uh, on the Patreon uh, in that regard. So we have to. Can we not just keep talking about rubbish? <laughs> you like me and V last week? Do we have to do Brit rest? <laughs> Anyone see Succession? Vegan cheese is where the conversation is. Yeah. <laughs> Have we all seen Succession? Did we all uh, see the uh, the finale? No. no. Oh, that's... no. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> Keep throw that out. No like, comments in the chat. No either. Either. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know the temptation will be there for it. No, um, and I'll be on that mm. on uh, Thursday. I'll be on the sesh mm. with, uh, with Davey and, and Neil Flanagan. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. So, yeah. If I go in sport, I'll be pissed. Like, like a time Tanahashi won and I saw him on top of Shibata's shoulders holding the IWGP title. Fuck sakes! Like, <laughs> the only two times I've seen you that angry, it's that and like when Arsenal are playing live while we're doing the pre-show, which is worth the picture. Or, F- <laughs> or an FPL deadline. <laughs> I think you've just forgotten about it. Yeah. <laughs> but mentioning the Patreon there yes. as well, we've, we've, uh, we've had the... Uh, I've just taken the cue here. Um, yeah, we've just recorded the... Um, deep cut into the Kenny Omega AEW title reign, mm. which shock of all shocks. I think Benno, you said that you went in there with a thinking that you were going to be, I went know, to put the boot in. Uh, you went to put the boot in and then me and Gareth turned up with steel toe cup, toe cap boots and basically kicked him the way they kicked uh, Frank Vincent on the floor in Goodfellas <laughs> when they thought and they stabbed him. Motherfucking nut. Well, that's what me and Gareth did, didn't we? Oh, you did, you did. Like I say, I ended up like, I think the, the people who were expecting me to go on and add a lot of the Christian fuse and the impact ratings, and which I did also, you know. There's, yeah. there's also, you know, there's also good to talk about, but no, it was, it was definitely a fun conversation because like, you know, I mm. put that poll on, on Twitter just asking people what they thought of the, the run and we got like really, really mixed responses. I think the common answer we got was a lot of... um you know, it was good, but not as good as, as what, what's going on. What am I missing? No, nothing. I'm just looking at Liam's comment on there. That's all. So carry on. <laughs> I'm just still laughing at JP's for that good fella's life. But yeah, carry on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the, the common thread there was uh, was lots of people kind of going, you know, I liked it, but I didn't like it as much as I thought it would. I hated it. And I hated it a little bit more than I thought it would. It was a lot of like expectations versus uh, reality with that with that Kenny mm. run. But yeah, it was it was uh, interesting seeing uh, everyone's different takes. Yeah, and obviously for those who you know kind of think differently as well, I know a lot of people um, had answered the poll, and I think that brought up loads of really good sort of discussion topics as well that we were able to get into, and it was just kind of really fun and just looking kind of larger about like what we expect from a world champion, the kind of bigger picture conversations around it. I think all of that stuff is is always fascinating. So yeah, it was it was really enjoyable, mm. even if Gareth had you know had 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 a 
hard weekend and he still managed to to kind of you know st- st- steer the ship on a on a deep cut to Kenny Omega so it's absolutely credit again yeah great job it was uh, it was one of my favorite things we've done genuinely yeah some good yeah some good devil's advocate work from you Benno at surprising <laughs> intervals there you uh, <laughs> felt like you need to bring the balance but, uh, I want to hate him. I just want to hate him for the right things. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, there's, it, I think that's important. So I think people, it's kind of like you get that a lot with it, with like with Twitter, Boo Boys or whatever. People, it's like, no, there's enough real reason to call him a brick. Like, let's talk about the Ghostbusters outfit. Let's talk about the, the Moxley build. Let's talk about the fucking, uh, you know, the, the the impact ratings. Let's talk about all, all, all that stuff. But like, it's one of them, isn't it? It wasn't a full boots in kind of podcast that maybe people might have expected. I think we, we probably came to the conclusion you know spoiler maybe we're all not completely negative but not on the uh, the high positive end but like i say there was uh, the, the, there's positives and negatives to talk about through that entire reign i think your poll was pretty bob on mm. some of the responses to that mm. that it was you know i think where there was people talking about you know having like disappointing or below expectations and things like that without it necessarily being bad per se but you know elements of it that definitely could have been better and you know i think that's probably you know i feel like going away from it last night feeling like yeah i think we gave a gave probably a good account of that really and picked out of the things that you know could have improved while also you know picking out the things that were genuinely good about it as well really so Mm. um yeah give that a give it a listen folks yeah, it'll be interesting to see what's the what's the leg. Like we were saying on the podcast, what's the legacy of Kenny's run? Is everyone just going to remember, you know, the job he did, handed over to Hangman Page? Is everyone going to forget about, you know, some yeah. of those pay per view uh, defenses that were, even if they were good, maybe not on that the high end of, of Kenny matches? You know, that's kind of the question. But yeah, good chat there, talking talking all that stuff. But what I was going to plug was, you know, there's that you can get on it on our Patreon. But it's going to be a a very busy month um, this month um, as far as uh, things going on. We're going to have a a Christmas movie film club uh, coming up as well. A um, couple of interesting mixtape ideas uh, floating around as well from uh, a couple of our our kings of the mountain. And the big thing, two weeks from now, JP. We're going to Brian Alvarez here again. Um, <laughs> unbelievably, it is in two weeks because Christmas is in less than fucking two weeks, which is fun. Um, but yes, we are doing the uh, the annual Grapple Christmas Spectacular hashtag Ask Grapple. Um, you know, the show formerly mm. known as Ask Rev Joe that we can't call it that for legal reasons, all of that. Uh, it's that show where JP gets pissed. That's basically what we're going to be doing oh. in, uh, in two weeks. Uh, we got Next week, it'll be a regular show, and then the week after that on the uh, the Monday. It makes sense. It's the it's the 27th. We always try to do it between Christmas mm. and, and New Year. In the UK, bank holidays are, are, are that Monday and Tuesday as well, and everyone's bored once Boxing Day's done, you know, that, that Monday, the 27th. What else is going on? Come join us. Come have a few drinks. Oh, Probably go six hours again. Oh, it's going on mate <laughs> is it? they're back from the christmas break we're in the business end of the of the of the world darts championship come on Bello. yeah no one cares <laughs> they'll be doing um, down our national sport okay you can watch it live while we're while we're streaming mate and then at, uh, oh i will do three it's in the morning sure have darts on in the background <laughs> i've even got this actually which is to play on christmas day which is a bullies quiz book mm. um bullseye oh, nice. game i got from the works for six quid it's wow. probably shite, but it's six quid. It's the price of a London pint, as Andy Ogden would tell you. <laughs> I don't think you get one for that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, yeah, I, I see you're Brian Alvarez and I raise you a JP. Uh, <laughs> and, and all I'll say, Benno, is just be slightly sober enough to do a very quick 
like rough edit if need be as well. <laughs> yes, I'll have my, uh, my finger on the button. I'll be a bit more on the ball than I was last year, but uh, no one got cancelled. It was all right. But um, yeah, we'll be doing that and on and the. And you can still buy some uh, top rope beer for that as well. Yeah, still on sale. Grappleapp.com forward slash support. Get on there and uh, get your grapple pack from Top Rope. No Go better time mania. for it. Get your Christmas beers in. Yeah, get your uh, get, get them in. Use, use that Grapple Mania uh, code and get the delivery for free. Definitely, yeah, because I think we'll all have a have a couple of uh, top rope beers uh, in for that one, and yeah, I think it'll be it'll be a laugh. That'll be in place of the regular spotlight that, that Monday night, and it'll be free for everyone on uh, on YouTube, which is what JP is genuinely scared about. Um, so look forward to uh, look forward to that. <laughs> it's good it's the Christmas period. Week after that, Wrestle Kingdom will clean up our act. Week after that, um, we'll be doing our grapple top ten matches of the year. Fucking lots going on. So yeah, go crazy with us. Get pissed with us. Get in trouble with us. That's day the, one pay per view, mate. WWE have a show on New Year's Day. Do they? Mm. Day one Not isn't that the Usos slogan? Yeah, that's why they've called it Day One. <laughs> They're all over the advertising, and you'd only know that if you went and heard the daily updates, where <laughs> I find myself remembering news and various things that will never help anyone. Really, isn't any of any benefit. But you'll you'll be there as I discover these things have happened in the middle of the night. Including raw results tomorrow, which is always a depressing thought on a Tuesday to wake up to. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash. <laughs> so, yeah. In many ways, get JP's slow descent into madness in uh, in various forms. But, yeah, if you want more Greg's and, uh, and nonsense chat, that uh, that show in two weeks is uh, is going to be for you. Anything else to mention, lads, before we get into the, uh, the serious stuff? I think that's it. Don't think so. Let's do it then. Um, yeah, let's get into the uh, the stuff this week. There isn't a greatly, unfortunately, positive player place to start. I was gonna, we we're gonna talk about um, Ring of Honor and their probable last pay per view, um, final battle um, this this last weekend, which you know we previewed on on the weekend show this weekend. Uh, before we get into uh, to AEW and some other stuff we've been watching, Garrett's trip to North um, and some New Japan stuff. But unfortunately, in the kind of hour before we've gone live uh, related to that Ring of Honor story, it's uh, it's come out the uh, the unfortunate passing of uh, of one Jimmy Rave, um, ROH legend as far as uh as far as i'm concerned you know uh wrestler who spent uh you know some time in in tna uh dragon gate as well which uh you know imagine especially the, the tna stuff um you can talk to jp as well but yeah genuinely genuinely sad news unfortunately not hugely shocking you know considering the uh the health issues that uh that the jimmy rave had had in his you know his later years there was lots of lots of stuff online um about that and about his medical bills and you know i'm having you know his limbs amputated all of that stuff it wasn't it wasn't a, a really you know a happy story you know over the uh over the last few months or so one positive i suppose is that you know the gofundme's people set up for him and you know him getting to to see i suppose the you know the love that the people had to have for him but no really really sad one you know 30 39 is uh is no age um to go um and yeah jimmy rove is is someone that was a, a big part of uh, my wrestling fandom um and i know you know jp you were uh you were a fan as well oh was i mean like when i think also of, of jimmy rave he was like a big part of tna mm. like he was he was around there a lot in the early years and i knew about him sort of from his ring of honor run um and I mean, to be honest, in later years, I think that the last, the, the time he kind of entered back into my consciousness, and this is a really tragic thing to say, is when I got a DM from him, yeah. basically asking for money, as I think 
uh, a good few of us did, which just suggested into the kind of the state he was at at that point in time. But um, my thoughts of him as like a, a as kind of like a worker, because even I knew about the Ring of Honor toilet roll stuff, <laughs> even if I had some sort of unofficial boycott going on of Ring of Honor. Um, it was one of these things that kind of really stood out. And it was actually a great story. I saw from Jamesy today about you going to the local supermarket in Broxbourne to, to grab a load of toilet rolls to throw in there. Um, he never had the same sort of momentum when he was in TNA. He was just sort of like an X-Division guy at times. But he he had that kind of influence about him. Um, and it's just the kind of, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's like a real tragedy to see where he ended up. Yeah, it is. And, you know, he, like I said there, he was one of my, you know, my favorite wrestlers. And I know people say stuff like that when, you know, someone unfortunately goes, especially someone like Jimmy Ray, who, you know, never had, you know, worldwide fame or was never a top guy or that. But, like, genuinely hit me like a ton of bricks this today. You know, I've got so many mm. personal kind of memories of Jimmy Ray, both, you know, in person, being at shows, you know, um, you know, just watching him over the years. Like, he was, his Ring of Honor run, like, he was someone who, like, he was, he was kind of, he was a very like you know an NWA wild side indie kind of guy with you know baggy pants and look like a lot of like the skinny wrestlers of the day in like you know 2002 2003 2004 or so but like where he stood out and why he sticks in the memory of so many people who were into you know that premium ring of honor period that you know we're obviously going to spend i'm going to be forcing you guys to spend a lot more time talking about on on patreon going forward i'm sure he's someone who's going to stand out to someone like you gareth or you know and for you jp as well as someone that you know because the thing that, that jimmy rave did that a lot of those guys weren't doing then he was he was that one guy in the promotion who slowed down and sold more he was that one guy who like they just kind of i don't know they just kind of picked him to turn heel he's like this fresh face skinny baby face and they made him like the you know the crown jewel of the embassy. A lot of it was Prince Nana, you know, smoking mirrors uh, on the outside as a fantastic promo and, and acted himself as himself as you know the the prince of uh, the crown prince of, of Ghana. But Jimmy Rave kind of became like in an era of like wear crate and big moves and you know those kind of those kind of cool wrestlers. He was grabbing headlocks and using the pedigree for a finisher and you know being that stooging heel that the company needed you know he was most like you know he was never the top guy there but like every undercard benefited from having him on the card and having somebody you know who did that you know that different thing it's a bit like you know looking at modern day aw now and like you know a bit of a criticism we all have as like a style got it's a bit samey you know a lot of the same types of wrestlers have the same types of matches and you know a jimmy rave on the undercard has always been my analogy get someone like that in and you get something a little bit different and got massively you know fond memories of his like he had he started using the back when aj styles had, uh, had gone off to uh to tna he started using the the styles clashes as finisher called it the rave clash and pretended the invented it easy feud you know aj comes back and they do the feud and it you know it's over who has the rights to the move that's when he dedicated you know he spent this whole time building up the fact that he had this great new finisher he invented the uh the greetings from ghana turned out to be a pedigree incredible <laughs> move at the time he had probably something we'll probably do is a deep cut at some point i'd love to do um it's not punk's most famous thing in ring of honor but punk's feud with jimmy rave is one of the best feuds ring of honor did as far as a month-to-month kind of story feud like i've got great memories of being there live in chicago watching punk versus jimmy raven yeah they had, like they had a match where to finish with a bullshit finish where like they use like some aerosol it was proper 80s heel stuff in punk's eyes and went after his girlfriend tracy brooks at the time and i remember being in the crowd just fuming 
And the smart mark in me was like, I'm fuck sick of this bullshit, these bullshit finishes. I'm so angry at this fucking Gabe Sapolsky and his booking. And like, we make Justin kind of turn. He was like, I think you're being worked here, Bano. I think like, I think, I think the heels just beat, just got one hour out of you. You're just, you're angry because your favorite wrestler didn't win. I was like, oh yeah, I am. I think I'm too, I think I'm a smart Mark Ring of Honor fan. And I think I'm too, too clever for all this. But actually, they've got me here. Like, this is what Jimmy Rave offers this company that's different. And, you know, you mentioned the the toilet paper stuff there, um, JP, and yeah, James, you did mention, you know, that famous ROH bus trip uh, story we told a million times. We went to the uh, ROH Broxbourne shows, and yeah, we we trotted down to the local supermarket and must have bought, like, probably 300 rolls of toilet paper, because at the time, a lot of, uh, oh, it still happens now, you know, the baby faces were getting streamers thrown at them, and it kind of developed from Jimmy Rave getting pink streamers thrown at them to Jimmy Rave literally getting toilet paper launched at him and like the woman in in the local i don't know what it was like a mega save like cheapo supermarket it was just looking at us like what is your lad's problem why are you buying all this toilet paper like we couldn't explain it to oh we're just going to a wrestling show yeah we're gonna take it all with us like and i don't know how we got it into the building but i just remember the bus drivers as well on the uh, on the famous banner bus just looking us up and down like why the fuck have you lads got all that toilet paper and it was worth it for that, that it was like one of the most enjoyable interactive things of those roa shows as jimmy ray comes out and everyone would just pelt him with mounds and mounds and mounds of toilet paper there'll be millions of gifts uh of that stuff on Twitter today because it was such a such a memorable memorable image and yeah Jimmy Rave was just a a big part of kind of that era if not like you know one of the top guys in the company like one of the memorable kind of mid card upper mid card you know type acts there and just yeah a fantastic pro wrestler where I just wish you know we got those Dragon Gate tours and you know we did a little bit in TNA and stuff afterwards but unfortunately you know a couple of ROH returns aside after that. It wasn't really much of a much of a happy ending. Um, I mean, is he one that came across your radar at all, Gareth? Like someone you've seen much of? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, obviously, you know that I haven't watched like a lot of that old school ROH stuff. You know, so again, that that side of things just isn't on my radar at all. Out of outside of him being on, you know, certain cards that I've watched. You know, knowing him from like the TNA stuff. You know, the the Rock and Rave infection and the mm-hmm. things. But he, but again, for you know, clearly there with that, you're missing out on the best stuff that he did with, with his career. I think the, the main thing I can probably just say is that I've heard you talk about him so much and heard you talk about him like quite passionately as well. That as soon as I saw that today, I just thought like, oh, Benno's going to be good there because you know, yeah. like you, you know, you saying there about, you know, somebody dies and then they they're, they're your favourite wrestler kind of thing or something. But again, he's he is somebody that I kind of like do associate with you a bit and do associate with you talking quite passionately about yeah. and things so i knew you'd be uh i knew you'd be gutted to today seeing Mate, that i was and certainly again, I was jimmy raven it's one of the, i was jimmy raven efeds like when i was actually wrestling you know I, I molded a lot of the stuff i did off punk but a lot of it was jimmy rave like the jimmy rave knee was like a anytime we were in training it was like a thing if someone was sat on the ground you'd hit them with the jimmy rave knee and just shout jimmy rave in your best prince nana impression it was like like a constant thing he was yeah he was just like yeah massive influence uh, even in those ways as well sorry but yeah it's just one of those that i don't know sadly sort of it's almost like he's become more in the consciousness probably in the last 12 months you know just seeing you know, obviously the the way his health's deteriorated and everything that's you know happened happened with you know the um, you know getting limbs amputated and things like that, and it's almost like that sort of sad story coming to the fore, really, and then obviously you know culminating today. It's a it's a it's a d- dark day, unfortunately. Yeah, and I do feel bad with all that stuff because, like, you know, I'll, 
to be blunt, like JP said it before, like lost count of the amount mm. of times Jimmy Rave messaged me or emailed me or sent me stuff about like basically asking for money. It was sad, you know, to see like someone who like you looked up to as a hero kind of be like, oh, hey, Ben, I haven't spoke to you in a while, you know, struggling a bit. Can you? And I, I did. I sent money at points. Um, I did. I'll admit it. Then, then there comes a point where you're like, okay, like, you know, there's clearly clearly more to this story, even to the point where, you know, I feel terrible saying it, but, you know, even recently when, like I said, but it's horrible, you know, we got an arm amputated and then, you know, everyone saw that picture where he had both legs amputated as well. I absolutely believe his medical bills are astronomical. You know, he, he posted a lot of that online, but there is unfortunately the side of it. It's like when he's asking for money, is it for that? Um but that's addiction, isn't it? You know, we've seen it with Jeff Hardy in, in the news in the last week or so. That's, you know, just one of those things, really. It's it's horrible and, you know, it can take anyone. And, yeah, it's just, you know, sad to see that, you know, happen to someone. Oh, it's awful. It's the, it's the absolute worst. And it's the, oh, you don't want to say, this is, sounds like a terrible thing to say, but it's like you don't want to see people as like kind of precautionary tales about, sometimes like what happens sort of in, in your life post wrestling. And, and it seems to be that it, it's, you always hope that younger generations kind of look at the fact of when they come in, that they need to have, make sure things as an education and things to go into. So whether it's physical therapy or personal training, that at least there's that kind of life beyond it. But yeah, it was, um, yeah, a really tragic story. Yeah, it is. It is. And yeah, you know, I'm glad, glad to see at least, you know, there's some positivity out there with, People sharing the different memories of him, you know, even the chat here, you know, seeing Ben uh, mention, you know, the uh, obviously the fight without honor he had with uh, with McGuinness and the uh, the second ROH UK tour is a, a big memory as well, where he was getting that that hard push too. But yeah, if you've not seen uh, seen much Jimmy Rave tonight, probably you know the night to do it to uh, to, to seek stuff out. Like I say, there's a couple of famous uh, Brian Danielson matches, the CM Punk feuds, uh, you know, uh, definitely a, a big memory for me that I'd, I'd seek out on yeah, that Nigel matches. Uh, as Ben's mentioned there, definitely definitely things to. Uh, to check out but yeah it's it is odd you know that story coming out you know around the time of ring of honor um what we assume is ceased operations now i mean you know the final battle mm. show from uh saturday you know we've like i said before jp we previewed it on the weekend show can't say going in i was i was hugely you know excited about the card itself i can't say coming out to be honest i have a, a lot of ticks about the individual matches themselves either um but you know as a news story, you know, it is a big story. There's a lot of different things, you know, coming out of the pay-per-view as far as, you know, uh, working you know, or, the, or the belt continuing on in other promotions. A lot of discussion probably talk about, you know, who stands out, who lands on their feet. Um, you know, probably a, a whole different discussion about, you know, the legacy, you know, of Ring of Honor at this point now that we know it's uh, it's probably done. But um, I know you watched this thing. Did you watch it live on the Saturday night, JP, or did you watch it um, Sunday morning? Um, I did. I did end up spending the tenner for uh, for Honor Club on uh, on Saturday and throwing it on the old school. Aww. Ring of Honor had him, he couldn't help it. I was like, I'll give him one more tenner. They can have it. They got enough out of me in the mid-2000s. <laughs> did, <laughs> did the stream shit the bed? <laughs> no, it was fine. That would have been true peak Ring of Honor. Well, it would have been Ring of Honor for that to happen. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah. But no, it was fine. The stream the stream held up. And yeah, it was a weird night. Like I say, I don't... The matches are the matches, really. And, you know, we can talk about them. And there are highlights and, and lowlights. And there were you know, good moments and, and bad moments. But I did really enjoy, like, you know, a lot of, like, the old talking heads they managed to wangle in. Like, it felt like 
they must have, like, Big Tone is trying to drive that Tate Library price down because he was, like, going backstage at Rampage, I think, just getting anybody who'd been in ROH to, to cut, cut a little video. Um, Punk's one being my favourite, but he just kind of opened with, yeah, I don't really know what's going on in Ring of Honor these days, but, yeah, I was in Ring of Honor once, and it was like, oh, thank Punk. Yeah. <laughs> Way to bury the current product, which probably deserves burying, but <laughs> I thought that was a nice touch. Like, I, I was loving all of that stuff. You know, Hangman Page appeared, Adam Cole appeared, the, the Young Bucks appeared. Like, I think... AW saved the day in that regard to give us a bit of that ROH nostalgia, but maybe the, the show itself didn't give. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think those people who kind of... It's a really weird show, this, because I think if you came out of it, the impression is this company's dead. At the very, very end, they've got the April 2022, but that's it. You've got... Rick Bonnie really doing a kind of like quite a virtuoso performance of getting in as many plugs for as many different companies as he can, <laughs> which is incredible in and of itself. So it's like, he's got his finger on the fucking pulse whilst at the same time managing to, to kind of make it feel like this is a big farewell. And he's, you know, he's worked alongside Caprice Coleman for quite a while now. So there's an element. It, it, it was all kind of relatively quite touching in its own way and he's kind of giving it a gravitas but i was under no illusions that this company is dead afterwards that's it all the titles appear to be tied up in and around other promotions frankly mm. for like kind of matches they're going to be doing there it you know i came away from it thinking like should they have gone down a one night stand route for like the kind of old nostalgia's sake they kind of did almost as well with what they have but the whole point was what they had wasn't great so they had a lot of what, you know, in summary, a lot of wrestlers trying hard because they were wanting to kind of put themselves in the shop window, yeah. so to speak. And it, to hear a commentator say, there's only so many spots in AEW, there's only so many spots in, in TNA. You're just thinking, you mentioned in MLW, which I would recommend listening to the post um, uh, final battle wrap up only because WH Park's there that's on their Patreon and he takes part <laughs> in it. And for a lot of it, it appears to be John looking at way, uh, sorry, John, looking at way. John looking at WH and WH just going, what the fuck is this? Who is this person? I've no idea. Who it they was are. great on Twitter watching it live. It was <laughs> superb. It's the highlight of it. I was telling him this today. I was like, it was amazing. And then he said to me, he goes, he, he did raise the point as JP Houlihan would say, there's, there's never enough spots. Uh, there's never, um, no open spots in MLW. And he's right. They'll have all of these lot. Like, they'll have all of them in a heartbeat. Um, and, and, and a separate press release for every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then another press release exactly. when they're not coming. <laughs> uh, Will Ospreay's debut will come one day, JP. You'll, 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 get, your, uh, you'll get your happy ending. Um, Everybody calm their tits, to quote him, as he said there. Uh, did you watch Why any not? of the show, Gareth? I watched it all apart from the main event. Um, I haven't oh, got um, I haven't got to got got to the main event yet. It just kind of it did just feel like one of them shows that you that you had to watch, you know, again, mm-hmm. even though like obviously I haven't got them strong roots of being like an ROH fan or, or or anything like that. Obviously it just it just kept, it, it, it sort of I don't know, it felt it felt relevant. It felt like the most that they'd been you know, on the radar, people were talking about them and things in in the week leading it up to leading up to it as well. It felt like it, you know, it definitely was something that was a hot topic of conversation. So, you know, for me, it was one of those where it was like kind of wanted to watch it as well, just to see what you know came out of it. Like for 
I don't know, the historic purposes, anyone who got brought back, you know, even if it was just the talking head stuff and things like that, it was just intriguing just to just to be able to see that and just see the respective levels of emotion or non-emotion that um, people <laughs> showed as they were uh, as they were talking about the the brand as well you know i always find that uh, that that kind of thing particularly interesting i mean you know as a the, the, the show itself you know it was it was fine there was enough on there to keep me like interested especially where you're coming at something cold where you're not invested in these you know wrestlers or you know in, in their their recent backstories or, or things like that you know even just as a watching it as a standalone show and i thought i thought it was fine and if you know again again it was one of those i'm sure there's people would have uh, got more uh, got more out of it than uh, than i would have but again it was almost that kind of I don't know. That was almost like that fantasy booking scouting system kind of thing of watching these people and thinking as you're going through the matches, like, like oh yeah, they, they might be good to show up there, or you know, mm-hmm. when some of these feuds were from people from different promotions as well, were kind of like bleeding into this particular show as well. Like again, just thinking <laughs> yes or no to, to some of these uh, things as well, and, and what impact that uh, that have. But I'd. I'd Again, I'd recommend it as a fairly easy watch with some decent wrestling on it. That's that's entertaining enough. Yeah, I think I, you know, like that's the that's the biggest news really stuff, isn't it? Coming out of it, as you said, there it's there. It is this interwoven stuff with the other promotions. You know, Ian Rickabarney's you know talked himself into doing uh, New Japan Stronger. The absence of Kevin Kelly, who apparently is going to Japan till March. <laughs> Matt the man must just hate his wife, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, good for wow. Ian Rickabarney landing on his yeah. feet. <laughs> but you know, like it is that was the story of the night. You know, as you mentioned there, Gareth. You know, Diana De- Parazzo um, turned up as you know, like the impact segment um, of the night. You know, she's someone who does have kind of you know that history there and it kind of you know works out works out well there as like a, a as a story and a and a nice surprise to have it come in and you know do the uh, the head-to-head with with roxy you know um and talk i think there's a christmas episode of um of the roh tv apparently coming up where i think it's roxy versus holly dead but presumably you know roxy versus diana parato is being set up there for for impact you know the the other two big things you know obviously gresham winning the uh the, the vacant ROH title at the end and them using the uh, I love that touch using the classic ROH belt which I was eyeing up on uh, on eBay uh, at, at different drunken points in the uh, early hours of Saturday night £120 that thing. I can get a replica of that for him can't say I'm not tempted um, to throw on the display and I've got a bit of a hole behind me maybe it'll fit um, we'll see um, but yeah you know I love that you know putting the belt on him and you know the idea is going to be going forward he's going to be a fighting champion he's going to def- like you said he's going to defend the title using pure rules um, so you know I would expect him to show up in uh, in various places maybe in AW maybe a, a, a New Japan Strong probably more likely a, a New Japan Strong at least for the for the time being and then the big one I think there was uh, the Briscoes uh, regaining the ROH world title for what was it the mm. 17th time which is fucking ridiculous um, you know they're talking about lads who've they were literally there on the first show and they're there on the potential last show you know almost 20 years later and you know I think it was kind of an open secret there was something brewing with them in, in FTR they've been going back and forth on on Twitter a lot there was that news story a few weeks ago the Briscoes being backstage at Dynamite but you know 
that felt red. That felt hot. That felt like, oh, cool. You know, maybe maybe Tony's getting his money's worth here. You know, he's okay. He sent, you know, and I know maybe we all got a bit overexcited on on uh, on Friday, Saturday, you know, of, of who he could send to fill Bandido's spot in the main event. Could it be Danielson? Could it be Paul? No, he sent Jay Lethal. But in return, you know, I think he's probably going to get maybe, a, you know, an interesting Gresham match there. So him and Danielson on a, on a, dy- on a Dynamite or a, you know, or a special or something like that. That could be interesting. And you'd imagine that's where this this FDR match is taking place. FDR versus the Briscoes, which is a you know interesting match for a, an a you know an AW tag division that's a you know doing up kind of plum, you know trotting along right now, but you know could do with a bit of an injection. Um, I think all of those things are varying degrees of exciting. I think with the Briscoes one, that seems like the obvious one coming out of it because you would argue as well. They, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you'd say it had that, certainly one of the top three matches of the night. Um, and the fact that the GCW um, match went down well, they're for AEW. I think they're a pretty good fit. Really, they work with a lot of those teams anyway. Certainly, like the Bucks, they they can have good matches with. So bringing them in kind of feels like a no brainer. I, I have to say, obviously, anything involving FTR has just got like kind of warning signs all over. <laughs> yeah, like for me. However, I thought the post match angle was good. Mm-hmm. and the crowd liked it and it was it felt heated and do you know what i liked and this is a bit childish i suppose i like the swearing i like the fact that it felt like kind of a bit more heated because they were really you know they were using the word fuck at each other and they weren't trying to hold back or anything else it didn't feel like kind of a television version of a feud mm. and it's a match that hasn't been done so there there is an interest to it Will it happen in AEW? Almost certainly. But like I say, I think that's where the Briscoes end up. I think they can do well. There's the obvious novelty of them not being in, in Ring of Honor, but they're the, the kind of other ones. And then, like you say, with varying other degrees of where other people turn up, Gresham and New Japan, whether he goes to the best of the Super Juniors, because I know obviously he had a good run there a while back, whether or not he'd end up there at some point. That's the the only other kind of like competition for that. But it's, it's otherwise quite sad i thought to see the impact women you know the idea that the the ring of honor title is is very much like the global force title to what happened to diana Parazzo winning that to kind of seal a, some sort of belt collector deal for her when she beats mickey james at hard to kill mm. that i wouldn't have known about unless Re- ian Riccoboni hadn't said a few times <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think that was that was the one yeah i totally agree i think the the, the briscoes ftr i think it, I, thought, I just thought it was really well done in fact you know especially just having just bled through from that from that match as well which again i haven't seen them at the main event but you know i've said that was a just for in terms of a 15 minute match there that just started out at 100 mile an hour and just never stopped yeah. and you know they clearly mm-hmm. had their working boots on for the night the, the briscoes and Always it was the uh, yeah you know it was uh you know he almost i almost just felt like compared to some other stuff that i've seen of theirs recently that it that it had i don't know that the, they were gen you know they were genuinely out there with a even more of a purpose um, oh, yeah. on, on on that particular particular mm. show, and you know it was uh, it, it was a, it was absolute banger that just for, for for a quarter of an hour of just you you want to throw on a match and just uh, <laughs> watch someone for fifteen minutes and just watch us some hundred mile an hour, you know everything getting fucking thrown at it, you know, and but but it working and it had been you know executed really well, fucking you know great you know great stuff, really really enjoyed that, but then the the angle afterwards with FTR again, I thought that was that was perfect because again, as you know, a tag team that I'm 
you know, I can blow hot and cold with that and blow very cold with them with with FTR, but they, they just seem to be that real like aggression and intensity in that pull apart. And you know, I think there was the the point where which one is it? Howard? He just went like diving straight in, like right through loads of people onto one of the briscoes in the corner. And it just like, it really looked like he was properly going for him. You know, it wasn't like one of these light pull apart brawls as well. And I just left that thinking, fucking yes, I want to see this match, you know, like big time, you know, which again, if, if that's what they're setting up to make you, make you, you know, want to see and what they're trying to achieve. Well, bloody hell, they didn't have to do it well. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I love. I mean, the Briscoes. Uh, it's almost been unfortunate, and we don't have to have the Jay Briscoe conversation today. Um, I'm sure we're going to end up having to have it over, you know, weeks when they turn up in AEW. But yes, there are reasons they didn't, you know, land in WWE. And probably good reason at the at the time. Um, but it it has felt like a waste, you know, that they as much as it's it's kind yeah. of this cool story that they started in Ring of Honor on the first show wrestling each other, and you know. It, now we're here, you know, almost twenty years later, and they're, and they're on the last show. It's romantic, but it's just like fuck. Those nineteen years, they could have been doing so much good. Like just them, you know, GCW haven't got any tag teams, but just them turning up in GCW was so exciting, and it was such a, you know, I, I get what Gareth's saying there. It was like a even more motivated Briscoes. It felt like a fresh coat of paint. It felt like oh, this is so cool. Yeah. Like it's Briscoes outside of that dead Clint Sinclair broadcasting kind of area and you know you kind of got that air or you got it in like the glimpses of when they turn up on on new japan shows you know when they had they'd have those tours they always they always stood out you know on those shows as well and always got over like yeah i, I just i was gonna say i hope it's not too late but it's probably not i mean it's definitely too late i think the uh i listened to way and john talking about it today like the you know the horse is definitely bolted on uh on a briscoe's wwe run especially this version of wwe you know maybe in a Four or five years oh, ago, yeah. and an NXT run definitely wasn't out of the question. In fact, you know they might have that might have gone really well for them. But you know now it's kind of like they're almost at that not that twilight stage. You know they're in the late thirties, but they're at that stage where it's like okay, we've been wrestling almost two decades. What else is there out for us to do? And even if it's just a few one shots and an AEW, and you know just turning up in in random places, it's far more exciting than what than what they've uh, they've kind of been doing the last twenty years. And that includes two Jay Briscoe Ring of Honor title runs, which uh, apparently yeah. happened, you know, at, at varying points as well. Um, but yeah, they are one of the one of the great American tag teams of all time. That unfortunately, like I say, have been pigeonholed in 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 this ring of honor and yeah the world hasn't got to see them i think they're, they're really gonna add something to AEW. and yeah with gareth love this match i think this this match and the way this was laid out just to be a crazy 15 minute all the moves all the brawl and all the kind of almost the tornado tagger points were there with matt haven and mike bennett like inject that energy into a, into an AEW tag and yeah i think that could be a really exciting few weeks of dynamite yeah i think so and i also think as well that they'll appreciate that there's not a whole lot of time. I mean, they must be pretty beaten up by now. So like you're looking at really like kind of a three year window for them to do, to kind of make kind of big money Mm. and have that kind of big national run as well, where they can, they can do some stuff. And I think they're, they're, they're an interesting fit. I could just see them blending in like kind of in that ecosystem and in that world, it seems like an easy thing to do. It does also bring around the fact that if you did sign them, well then surely then you'd start to think, God, we've got all of these ring of honor guys, the tape library. And then you can get like a kind of proper, like kind of 
documentaries out on them because that in and of itself would be fascinating. And there'll probably be a lot of people who are quite appalled that we're talking about them in these terms. It's just that, you know, like you said, there'll be a whole other conversation about that when, when they sign. I just kind of think that in essence, they've paid the price, like you mentioned, by never having that kind of bigger run earlier on as a result of some of the stuff that they said. And not they, by the way, Jay Briscoe, like, yeah, Jay Briscoe, that's an important point. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Unfortunately, Mark gets swept up all that. And yeah, Jay was rightly stripped of the ROH title at the time. It's a whole, it's a whole story. You know, I'm sure it will, uh, yeah. it will rear its head again. And, you know, people all have strong opinions on it. But look at them as, you know, talents. You know, they are they are like cream of the crop as far as uh, tag team stuff goes, you know. And I think, yeah, I think they will. Yep. They, I think they they will definitely, definitely add something to uh, to AEW um, going forward. But, I mean, the other one, yeah, you know, Gresham, as we said there. I mean, you know, you know Gareth, you said you didn't see the uh, the main event, Jay Lethal uh, and Jonathan Gresham. It was, you know, you mentioned there some of the other uh, videos had people looking like they, uh, some of them looking like they more wanted to record the video than others. Jay Lethal was the one who, when he came out, was just like, he does not want to be here one bit. He has just been told. He got told he's going to Mexico a few weeks ago, and now he's getting told he's going back to Ring of Honor. When he thought he'd uh, he'd got out, uh, not that I have any any sympathy for uh, for this particular particular human, but uh, I suppose he got into it as time went on, and it was a, it was a, it was a decent decent little match him and uh, him and Jonathan Gresham. Um, bit rushed, it felt. Uh, JP, you know, the, the fifteen minutes or so. Oh yeah, loved more time in the post match. I mean, this is the potentially the last ever ROH show, and there's things we can talk about on the undercard that probably drag this thing out to the pay per view limit. But you know, Jordan Grace is in there, Baron Black's in there. You know, you you want that you know that nice moment. You want that nice curtain call at the the very end of ROH, and we kind of raced off air, unfortunately. And um, we barely got Kerry Silken putting the belt on him. But yeah, you know, Gresham is uh, there's no better choice. Like he he fits he yeah. fits modern ROH. He fits the idea of what an ROH champion is. You know, he's not out of place. There's been a lot of out of place. You know, Ring of Honor champions in the last few years. He isn't one of them. You know, he fits in with a Brian, with a Punk, with a Nigel, with you know that class of guy. Um, and yeah, it was nice to see him get that moment at the end of the show. Decent main event, I thought, but like I say, didn't really have the, the time or really the opponent for Gresham for it to be anything particularly special. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The post-match stuff was the stuff when they, they missed that because they were to a really strict deadline. So they were like, it was 2 59 mm. and it felt ever so rushed. And, and like the commentators went off like rushed and tried to give it like a kind of a few moments of silence, uh, say silence without the commentary over the top of it. Um, weirdly, the time being rushed kind of forced Jay Lethal to work a quicker pace, which I appreciate. <laughs> True. Having sat yeah. through some ball fest. <laughs> could have gone an hour, like, couldn't there he, was, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, that fucker would have been dragging out to half an hour epics and the rest of it. So I didn't really mind. And, you know, his Terry White kind of look to a man <laughs> of like he's having to go back in there again, <laughs> just to chain them to a radiator. For, like a couple of those videos, should have just chained them to a radiator for the full John McCarthy <laughs> effect, whoever the other bloke was. Yeah, um, full uh, Christian being forced to go back to TNA face, didn't he? Both he times. did. <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah. However, like as a match, like he wasn't, he was always going to, you know, because he's there with Gresham. And he mentioned the other reason for Gresham being there. He's, he's, he's like their head trainer and has been for quite a while. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who's been like kind of really invested in in the company. And you saw it with like the the idea of the foundation being named, named after him. And it felt like entirely appropriate for that. You hope there's destinations for him. I mean, I've heard thing people say about his height and, you know, you know, we've, we've both stood next to him. He's not a tall guy. 
I suppose the only analogy I come back to is I think neither was Diego Armando Maradona. And like height isn't anything. Neither was Mike Tyson. Like you don't he is, know. Is it, he is unusually small for a wrestler, but he is like Zack Sabre Jr. being only unusually skinny for a yeah. wrestler. He makes it work for his style, doesn't it? That's what it's about. It doesn't actually matter if you make it no. make logistical sense in as much. It's why he's so fast and why he's such a technical style wrestler. You and build different from- good. Yeah, yes. different good, yeah. Low centre of gravity. Mm. Can't be kind of knocked down easily because he's built like a brick shit house on top of that. Mm. Makes complete sense. It's how you present him. But presenting him completely credibly, you know, against heavyweights, that's something I've always thought like there's like it's one of the things where you kind of you turn the difference into a positive. And the thing that historically people have thought about wrestling, you go, no, fuck that. Turn it on its head. It never made any sense to me like that kind of logic as a personal thing. But then, you know, we were talking about Lex Luger in the pre-show chat and that, you know, that kind of prototype of wrestler I've kind of had my fill of. Where he goes to is is interesting because I expect him to kind of do a lot of pure wrestling matches around the Indies and around Europe. Love to see him turn up in 16 Carat next year. You know, it, it, I don't think there'll be any shortage of places for him to go to, like AEW. And there's a few people who started turning up on, on Dark, like Josh Woods and the like. So I I think there's places for him. It's, it's just that which one is going to present him the best. And unfortunately, like he's in GCW and he's done a few shots there. That's not the kind of top, the top end of the card is not a place where Jonathan Gresham is going to ever really end up being there. Maybe it's the not, really good wrestling match in the middle of it. It'd give it used to be something they don't have, you know? Deathmatch, lads. Like there's comes a point where you have to cross pollinate with them. <laughs> and, that, and that's stuff that I don't really want to see. And I don't know Fair if he enough. wants to do. Yeah. That's well, it. It's, the, the, the point is, though, with GCW is that, that is there you know, what next for them? And is there that point of, you know, evolution? And, you know, you think about like ECW and, you know, bringing exactly. in your Benoits and your Malenkos and your Mysterios and things like that. Maybe there is that like need to, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is why Ring of Honor exists, by the way. Perfect way. time. Like totally that happening yeah. is why Ring of Honor became a thing. Yeah. That could be full circle. You know, you know, potentially there is that that avenue there, but you know, clearly as a guy who's got to, you know, almost take WWE out of the equation, he's got a lot of plus options, really, hasn't he? He can probably, you know, he can he, he can probably pick and choose what he wants to do to to, to some degree, especially mm. with the indie scene. What it is is, he can still make a fucking damn good living as well. Mm-hmm. You know, taking his spots, taking his dates, uh, COVID dependent anywhere around the world, really. Yeah, well, look at Jordan. Like, I, I know you shouldn't, you know, call it by who someone's dating, but like, Jordan's had better options than Impact, you know, and she hasn't taken them. She's stuck with Impact and stuck with the Indies and stuck with the stuff she does, you know, independently online because that works for her. It wouldn't shock me if he was mm-hmm. minded, you know, the same way. Um, but yeah, main place I want to see him is outside your hall with JP again. But uh, in any, right. <laughs> any I'm sure he would as well. <laughs> Let's like, get him back. Oh, John, John would. John would John, love it. John. John. John would love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this oh, is the way JP introduced it to us. That's my mate, John. Yeah, we know. <laughs> John. Sean mentions in the chat as well. Just wanted to bring it up. Just moving past that one. Um, <laughs> well, the, before we, the well, idea. Well, before sorry, we get to on. the big picture stuff, sorry, I, I do want to say like, we will we, no, we'll talk, talk that. Got to talk the other the other big angle on this show, JP. Can't can't get it lost in the uh, in the conversation. 
free the, we've got to free the narrative, mate. The reason this main event <laughs> went fucking 15 minutes and, you know, we had no post-match is for some reason EC3 was out there with a microphone for about what felt like half an hour and for some reason he brought out Brawny the Strowman. Like, you know what? Like, I've been the one who's been like, no, no, Braun's a star in WWE. Fuck me. As soon as as soon, as soon soon they were like, yeah, his, his name is Titan. His name is Titan Adam Shearer. I was like, well, there goes all of his star power. It was like it just yeah. melted off his body. And he was just another big ex-WWE guy who we're never going to hear from again, making his, for some reason, big debut on the last Ring of Honor show. Like, what did EC3 have over them? Why did this happen? Like, I don't understand. Like, all of the other stuff, nice you know, they're keeping the belts alive and whatever it's like bullshit. why is this way from me <laughs> it was so terrible like and he couldn't have looked more just generic could he and yeah <laughs> i looked at one look and i was like well he's dead like i, I don't i don't see a, a future nope. wrestling but you know maybe it's just the name titan it's so fucking it's so like paul white gets released from uh from wcw and he can't be the giant anymore so he comes up with all these shit names like the great white and names like that like titan it's 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 in that lineage i think it, it, it is. It, it, is it a Titan sports dick? I don't know. Is I think it probably is. Oh, no one needs to be like, Which makes it even worse. Like, but mm. physically, it was it was really odd. I just thought, like, physically, he didn't look as impressive for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. He, he didn't no. look as. I don't know why, but he just didn't look like that that giant. That you know, and you talk about. I don't know. You know, blowing blowing your opportunity to make a, a big impact in, 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 in something, you know, it almost felt like bloody punk turning up on that WWE Fox TV show or something like that, yeah. where it was like, you know, hang about, you've, there, there was more money in, <laughs> there was more money in a different appearance to, to this, to be your, your, your big return. It just, it, it felt very, very odd, very lackluster. And, you know, again, didn't give you any reason to be wanting to watch him on your TV <laughs> again anytime soon. And it'll be on YouTube, won't it? On EC3's weird free the narrative thing that must do about 10 viewers. Like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and that's the reason it's there. Yeah. Like so many of these, it was like, and this match is kind of presented to you by free the narrative available on Fight TV or whatever. It, yeah. You know, that's, here's, here's an impact brought to you by our friends at Impact. Like, it, honestly, to God with this, though, the free the narrative stuff, I don't understand. I thought the promo was awful from EC3 where he just slagged off people for signing contracts. Yeah. And it was like okay, and and it it's and he looks like fucking weird. He looks fucking he weird. Sean Sean mentioned in the chat there is Titan the least ROH wrestler imaginable. No, EC three because when he walks out and his fucking yeah. abs have got abs, <laughs> he, just, he looks on it. Wrestling. He's the most healthy, unhealthy looking person I've ever seen in my life. Like he looks like he's gonna drop dead tomorrow. He does not look good, considering how good he allegedly looks. Do you know what I mean? Like he just, it's just strange. It's it's the. It, it, this run he's had there has been awful from mm. day one. Every aspect about it. The freedom narrative concept is just like, I don't know. I, I was trying to think of like kind of bad 90s independent cinema with directors <laughs> who disappeared up their own arse. Um, the only latter version I could think of is the film Revolver by Guy Ritchie, which if you haven't seen it, don't. But You're never getting that time back. But directed by someone this... who's listened to far too many Joe Rogan podcasts. Yep. It's exactly, and it's it's like you know, with a strain of fucking right wing contrarianism thrown in there to boot. Mm. It, it's it, it, he was awful. He's on the pure team for God's sake. I mean, the match itself is kind of nothing. It's just like a kind of, you know, it's it's a way of getting all the people on the card effectively. But this whole angle, like 
just doesn't make any sense because you're going to be following it up on a platform of who watches this? That's all I can think is who watches this? Who are these diehard EC3 fans? Because now we're getting into the obscure niches. A lot of wrestlers whose cult followings, even a Dan Housen I don't like, I kind of get why people might like it. EC3, none. Like none. I don't understand it at all or, or what this is. And it's just, you look at like Adam Share, Titan, Big Titan, whatever his fucking name is, and you just think you need better mates. Yeah. You need better mates who are going to give you some proper bloody career advice because this is shit. And it was awful. It was it was properly TNA. It was like bad TNA. And just to remind, you know, and I, again, it, what difference does it make to Ring of Honor? None whatsoever. But it's it's the kind of stuff where you go, you're reminded by, oh, yeah, this is kind of why this company's dying. Like, really, in too much stuff that's kind of bullshit over the last couple of years that people just sort of thought, yeah, I don't really need to see this. Like, And I think this stuff mm-hmm. is... If you end up in impact, you just like you. I just thought he won't make it there at all. He'll just be a bloke. He'll just be W Morrissey in a, in a couple of weeks, and would mean nothing there as well. He just needs to get himself to Hollywood. That's the brute form or WWE, and hang out for that. Him appearing there will not make them think that they have made a massive mistake in in kind of sacking him. I mean. I can't believe you had to go with that multi-man JP. I had that. Uh, actually, that multi-man was like that multi-man was like the the the, the encapsulation of like the problem yeah, here yeah. with Ring of Honor because it was like, I mean, as well as the fact that Red Titus won the uh, won the TV title on this on the show, and I'm convinced he's still like 20 and been wrestling three years, and he's probably about 40 has been wrestling 20. Like nothing said not Benno's Ring of Honor more than that multi-man where like you know they had like uh, they, oh. they had uh, Brody King getting the muscle buster. You know there was a Geraldine Power Driver in there. The homicide, the Punk's Pepsi Twist. There was a slice bread, the cattle mutilation. There was that Nigel yeah. Lariat thing, a Loki double. Stomp a brain, like a, a, a hell of a kick of uh, of El Generico, and it yeah, took until yeah. the brainbuster spot in the corner where, like, I think the fans like, oh right, they're doing spots from the old Ring of Honor, right? And it was like that that clash of two things where it was just, I was loving, I was sat at home loving it because I'm loving all these references to all this old school Ring of Honor, and it's in a match that's got Homicide and Rocky Romero in it, and the you know you probably saw the tweets I posted where they were holding up the you know the fan made ROH flag, and you know that brought mm. back memories of a, a similar spot in 2004 uh, although again I think that sums up Ring of Honor because in 2004 it was a proper, proper barricade thing and here it was like something drawn by a six year old child <laughs> but like <laughs> that difference in like the crowd just being like yeah what's, what are you doing I don't recognise any of this just maybe a little bit sad unfortunately as much as uh, I enjoyed it at home it was a highlight for me though that's all that matters it was fun, <laughs> but it didn't mean. But like, there's a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, there's other matches on here. Like, yeah, that, where it, yeah. like, if you look at it as a match, it's between sort of two and a half and three stars, mm-hmm. judging on your point of view or your mind on it as well. Yeah. Did you have other which highlights? Is, um, I do want a match. I do want to bring up is the fight without honor match between Shane Taylor and Kenny King. Fuck I loads of fun, wasn't it? Great, <laughs> fucking great fun. I did. I had no idea about this. So I was like, oh, they were together. They're big mates and they really hate. It's like, all right, this is all completely caught me unawares. Like, but then I don't watch Ring of the the television show, and it just went out and just went fucking batshit with like some of the planets. Some of it was quite dangerous. There was one where he was going to do like um 
oh, what is it? The Marcus Garve, Garvey driver, I think he calls it, threw a ladder to the outside and they just like fell off the ladder. So it was just like, like to the floor. It's like fucking oh, hell. It was nasty, wasn't it? It was, was nasty. <laughs> yeah. Loads to the match, though, wasn't it? In a moment like that, you're like, ooh, yeah. we're a bit of real danger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they went absolutely fucking hell for leather. Yeah. And it, it just made me like kind of, and again, like as with a lot of these matches, you come out afterwards thinking, well, where do they these two end up? Kenny King is someone who I know you don't like. I've always kind of had a soft spot for. I've always thought he's I forgot perfectly I didn't decent. Like him. Work, work. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> That's right, a little okay. thought about like, him since the last time I saw him. Like <laughs> there were times where there were times in TNA where you thought if you you could do a lot more with this guy. Like there is things about him. He is he is quite charismatic. Shane Taylor's come on a lot a long way in terms of his his charisma as well. He's fun. He just doesn't really. It's the look for the main companies. But I think in a GCW, if you want to slot someone in as like a potential like headliner and as a big pushed act, I think he'd fit in really well there. Just coming in there, fucking hard bloke, not dicking around. I think he could he could have fun in some of those plunder matches as well. And he's good enough to have some good matches as well on there. Oh, he'd love that fucking package pile driving somebody off the side of a ladder to the floor. <laughs> Through some <laughs> fitting, glass. Right, fitting right there. Did you say this, it, it was a prime example of this? It was I a prime them too. Love them too as a team. I'd love to see them come back as the pretty boy killers and just smash through some tag teams. You know, if you haven't got like a an obvious singles role for Keith Lee and AEW right now, them two just coming in and beating some dark jobbers. That'd be fucking loads of fun. Sorry, go. Yeah. No, no, I can't, can't can't disagree on that front. But I mean, I, I, I just thought this one as well was just again watching this where you've not been following the ROH products. There was a the pretty much video for this was just cracking. Like mm. you know, it, it just really like invested me in the match from the off. And it, again, it was just one of those things that you just can't underestimate shit like that, can you? Of like just setting something up and giving you a reason to actually care about it. And there was matches on this show where they did do that and it was good. And then there was matches where, where they didn't. And, you know, I think, um, I think it, again, it just sort of like reaffirmed that really, because, you know, I, I went into watching this match, knowing that it was the next match up, not, Giving two fucks about it, but you know mm. they set it up nicely to you. They came out, they came out, you know, had a crack and match where they just, um, <laughs> they just like worked their, worked <laughs> where they worked their ball. Stop, stop interrupting my hot take, Simon, by making me laugh. Um, <laughs> it's okay, I'll sorry, meet one for the comment. One for the comments. Uh, but yeah, again, it was it was one of those where they, they just went out and they just. This felt like another one where they were like, right, we're going to, you know, work our asses off here in places and just try and have like a really strong match and, you know, stand out on this show that's got more eyes on it and just be a bit more important and things. And there was the, you know, you know, things with this that it just, it worked um, really well, the pace that it was worked, the, you know, the level of violence that, w- that was involved, a bit of, you know, a bit of innovation, a bit of, you know, even... Mm. I even loved the bit where like Shane Taylor was like setting up the three ladder thing and like <laughs> Kenny King was just behind him, just kind of just biding his uh, biding his time, just waiting to just like get him to finish it and then twat him as soon as he'd yeah. finished and, and, and set up on the ladder. I was like, brilliant, that should happen. Like, what? I don't know if that's like, it certainly doesn't stand out as a spot that I've seen anyone else do. But when it happened, I was just like, oh, you know, perfect. Well, that's, of course you would do that. Like, <laughs> almost a bit like shh to the crowd, you know, that kind of not the wink i loved it <laughs> yeah it was great it was it was just it was a it was a fun slightly messy brawl of a match wasn't it like it was it was my highlight of the show definitely from like a an earring perspective 
Uh, anything else yeah. stand off? Um, I, I think there's probably individual people, possibly, mm. I kind of thought were interesting. In, and this, again, ties in with a lot of the signings stuff. I, did any of you watch the pre-show? The no. hour one stuff? No. Oh, okay. I watched, they put three matches on that. They went mad uh, with that one because they put on the Shane Taylor promotions team as well. I just think O'Shea Edwards is an absolute fucking unit. So I throw that out there as well. Built like a brick shit house. He is. Um, but I thought... Because he's like, got an Irish first name. That you, that yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he can he can do no wrong for me, <laughs> like, on, on that front. Um, I thought Dragon Lee turned up. I didn't think the match itself was particularly great. It was like 3.25 for the opener against Ray Oris. But clearly, there was someone who hasn't turned up for a long time, has lost a lot of momentum. Remember, there was a point in time we were talking about, like, this guy is going to be, like... Felt like he was, like, the next big thing when he was like, what, 22, 23 and in New Japan. And this Ring of Honor run, I think, just kind of made him lazy. It doesn't help having a lazy fucking brother, as in, in Roosh, notable by his absence as well. Wasn't turning up, probably watching the football. Um, but like, it was, you know, Dragon Lee needs to like, kind of really pick it up, I think. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be AAA and things like that. I mean, I think New Japan, as soon as it opens, that'll be a place where where he obviously ends up. But it felt like he was putting himself in the shop window. Um, like I want to like Josh Woods probably than he more than he is because I think there's things about him, like the look and other things. I just thought this match was kind of rubbish because it wasn't a pure wrestling match. It wasn't a thing that stood out. It was Brian Johnson doing some like kind of moustache twirling villain bit to kind of try and like kind of um i don't know um like trick him into using uh, using the brass knucks and stuff like that but you know josh woods is on aw dark i think you know it, it's it's going to be interesting to see if if they think he's he's worth a pickup um and roxy was the other one who i think like i don't think willow's very good to be honest with you, but the crowd seemed to like her, so I, I don't know. Um, but Roxy in and of herself, I think the way she carries herself, I think the movement, she's really young. I want to say like 19, 20, like that kind of age. I, there's something fucking definitely there. Um, like real all action. And like, I mean, the finisher isn't great because it's just the code red, which looks great on Willow because, you know, and obviously Roxy's very small, but the match she had with, I think it was Miranda Elise from the last pay-per-view I thought was was good. And she's had this one and it looks like she's going into impact, which feels like, I don't know whether it's a waste or not. It might be the right place rather than her going to AEW and kind of slipping through things. And if she's still working indies as like Ring of Honor Women's Champion, that's probably the best place for her. So... Like she's certainly someone who I think is going to be like within a year or so end up in in one of the the big two companies. Yeah, I she was she was one who on this show that I was quite quite interested to see because I feel like she's somebody who I've heard a lot about without um, actually you know seeing her myself before. So I was just quite intrigued and I thought this match was a bit of a letdown to be honest. I thought it was pretty slow and pretty sloppy. And again, how much of that was down to Willow versus you know down to her? I think once the sort of over the course of the match, they seemed to get into each other's rhythm a little bit more and things things got a bit got a bit smoother uh, really there, but. I, I just walked away from this match thinking if she's going to impact, that probably is right 
you know she's That's just awesome. to get a bit of like uh, get the get the reps get a bit of polish put on her if she's only 19 20 years of age fucking hell she's got bags of time ahead of her you know don't don't rush it why rush it you know especially when you've got that that time in front of you and then if she's going into a program with someone like diana Parazzo, who's uh, again can work and can work really well and again that's the sort of person who working in a lower key tv environment there and upping your game by working with somebody better than you at, at this stage mm-hmm. it can only be the right thing for her really so so again it feels like a felt like quite a nice nice fit that really at the you know when mm-hmm. when Parazzo came out at the end I just thought, oh, this makes sense. You know, it just makes sense that you've got somebody here who's a highly touted talent to be, you know, put in that um, put in that environment with a with a. It's it's surely got to be a best for a long term. Then maybe having a turn up in AW and maybe having you know expectations beyond you know capabilities at this point or something like that, and you know have her come in and you know be part of AW in two or three years time or something like that when she's a bit more honed and you know can 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 probably make a bit more of an impact um any other miscellaneous anything else on ROH before we move on sorry I'm getting distracted by all the uh, the Jimmy Rave tweets that are coming through on Twitter still oh is there uh, a I'm still reeling over that I, watch the uh, Alan I was... mentioned earlier in the chat by the way watch the AJ Styles match from Georgia in 2014 I reckon you as a fan of the little things Gareth I think you'd enjoy that um, the War Games match Generation Next had with the Embassy one of the all time great stables people are referencing as well <laughs> sorry I'll do a whole list I'll do a fucking playlist I'm gonna I'm in the mood I, now sorry there you go maybe we do a celebratory uh, you know a, a mixtape um, that'd be fun um, in memoriam That'd be fun. Uh, yeah, take us anyway, down the Jimmy Rave. Uh, yeah, but uh, back to this uh, this ring of honor. <laughs> it, my mine's only a bigger issue point, and it was a point raised earlier on in the chat as well about is there any worth? I don't think it'll happen, by the way. But is there any worth to Tony Khan, like if he's buying Ring of Honor, running it as a purely developmental territory? Um, do they are they at that stage where they need it? Is it something that would work for them? Is it just an unnecessary cost? I think I like the idea of it more than what it probably would be in reality. But that was just an, another thing because, like, it kind of feels with this as like, well, where do we go from here? They're going to have a card in April, as they've said. No doubt. I don't think I think that'll happen. But then, is that just going to be a once the once a year thing, or is there some value in the name? That's probably more a question to you two. Um, I think there's brand equity there. I think there's something, you know, retro t-shirts, retro whatever. There's something. Mm-hmm. I can't really think exactly what it is, though, especially like, you know, you, you think, you know, could you rebrand Dark? Could you rebrand, rebrand Elevation? Is there something to it? I mean, if the IP came at a reasonable price, I think if I'm Tony Khan, maybe I do grab it. And they have got a lot of wrestlers and they got a lot of young wrestlers. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I think more more than likely, I think that team that that tape library is coming. Um, I think for talking the future of Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor is going to be if it does exist, random matches on Sinclair. Mm-hmm. They probably they probably want to go to retain at least the modern HD tape library for that purpose. I think they're going to at a point realize it's if they do try and run shows again with random guys who aren't contracted, they're going to realize what's the fucking point. It's more profitable to just throw yeah. old wrestling on telly and probably get a similar viewership. Um. But, you know, what could run alongside that? Yeah, maybe as Tony Khan does buy maybe the pre-Sinclair era ROH, you know, and maybe buys, like, something um, to do with that, whether it be the tape library or further. I mean, I agree with Benno there. I just think there's so much brand equity, you know. I think the name is just so, you know, big. At the end of the day, you've, 
you know, the level of interest that even this show generated for sort of like a, a farewell that, mm. you know, in reality, it was a bit of a farewell with, you know, a, a, a card that on paper you're looking at it and you think, actually, it's not much of a, a tribute card or anything long term. You know, it is just them, th- you know, throwing out there what they've they've got, but it's still, you know, generated a certain element of buzz. You know, I'll always come back to, you know, this idea of, you know, the number of YouTube followers that they've got, the number of, you know, people who follow them on other social media and things like that. There is an audience there that you can promote to and communicate with to directly in a, you know, to, to a vast number of people there. And there's, the, there's got to be value in that rather than whether it's Tony Khan or it's somebody else setting something up from, you know, from, from scratch or, or anything like that. There is, there is value in the name, but there's also value in the, in the, in those communication channels as, as well. I think the big thing for me with it on an ongoing basis is that it's just got to have a very clearly defined purpose of, of, of what it is. There is literally no need to have another TV product in, in, in this well, day and age and trying to shoehorn some, some kind of TV, you know, additional TV product that looks like New Japan Strong or looks like Impact or something like that. There's there's no value in that. But if if it is a case of okay, actually, this isn't even a TV product. This is an this is a you know touring indie show that runs once a month that we put young guys yeah, into that gets reps or something like that that we've mm. got you know Honor Club still exists and actually we're going to go to the effort of putting a full tape library on there properly and things like that. Maybe there is mileage in it. Maybe there is legs in it. But I think the most recent incarnation of the the style of product that ROH TV has been that that is just dead. But I think mm. there is a there is a gap in the market probably for something that is, you know, just that bit different. And if it do, if it is that developmental side of things, or if it is something that's a bit, you know a slightly higher budget American indie that's a, a genuine, you know, presented in a genuine indie that's not running weekly TVs that is running fewer shows that that again maybe even like an AW can be using to you know get people working in front of live crowds more regularly or or, or something like that with those those younger talents maybe there is some mileage in it there it would just seem very very odd to me that you've got a brand with this strength and this level of recognition is just gonna they're gonna pull the plug on it and vanish forever that that just seems you know that that doesn't happen (laughs) you know someone will always try and something out of the name feel like they can make some element of uh, of money out of the the name and and given that they're obviously sat on that tape library it just to me just makes sense for for khan to try and use it in some way doesn't it like i say as long as he's got a clear clear purpose of what of what it is that he wants to achieve with it Mini it's, invasion angle. It's not, Come on, let's do it. You just got me thinking. Well, let's do that. Let's do I, that, I, and then we bleed into to, into all of the the obvious like business I, and stuff. I, I think that the, the the thing about it, the name Ring of Honor, isn't tainted in and of itself. We could be down on it and various other things, and but if you thought of TNA, like it had to rebrand to Impact because it was something that after a while, it was an awful name anyway. It was designed by Vince Russo. What the fuck do people expect? But like it, it, it is one of these things where I think Ring of Honor as a name works. I like the idea, not as a TV product at all, but as a touring company, like and that. you can put on the odd AEW star out there as well and you're you're looking at small places i also think as well this is where you get to kind of work your agents you give you get reps in if you turn a profit that's nice but effectively as long as you're able to cover some kind of costs 
you're able to kind of filter out, but you're also offering people work who aren't getting on TV. So there's a lot of kind of residual benefits. It's like there's your touring promotion, but for the people who actually could do with it being in a touring promotion and actually getting out and working three, four times a week rather than waiting for tapings, yeah. there's value in that. It just feels too fanciful to say that. Oh, they'll just buy them up and set up this other company and all the rest of it. I, I think the interpromotional stuff, you kind of you stay away from it, but at that point, you you then start to wonder if you if you get that and you get the tape library, there's like real worth in that because then you start to think about your street, what you have in terms of content to offer Being streaming providers. Yeah. It opens up other other stuff like that. It's, it it gets it gets into all of that. It is plus at the same time. Mm. Mm. Sorry. It is it is the non WWE timeline of wrestling isn't it in the modern era it is yeah. but impact and roh and pwg they're the type of tape libraries you go for if you're trying to build a okay this is the alternative to the WWE. i know we talked about it at the time mm. when the, the news was announced but that makes more and more sense than it oh yeah and also how yeah. those sorry. fuckers at impact outlived the ring of honor by the way how the fuck did tna outlive roh fucking 2003 was <laughs> spinning in his grave here how did you win jp what the fuck <laughs> we, we, we definitely yes <laughs> true we, we 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 have a zombie army that's what it is zombie canadian backers who inexplicably have decided to buy a tv station to fit this product it makes mm. zero fucking sense it really does whereas you look at ring of honor like just must have been screaming like look at all the good like frank grimes screaming against homer simpson as he just sort of lucks his way through all of this <laughs> and there's ring of honor like trying to kill itself for years and then literally does yeah <laughs> which oh. then means are we going to have a comeback from a, of like i don't know another spin-off ring of honor promotion trying to kill homer again so i've been watching a lot of classic simpsons <laughs> as you can tell oh let's hope um but yeah i mean like i say there's definitely a bigger conversation as far as what happens next and i'm sure we'll we'll continue to have as, as things develop and there's a bigger conversation you know as you know i'll be i'll be one to have about the history the legacy of roh you know we could definitely do a whole episode on, on all of that stuff and i'm sure there'll be a similar project coming from us but yeah all in all like you know to, to move on i did think you know, it was a fun, fun show. I'm glad they got lots of you know historical references in there. It was great to hear, you know, a, a reference to, to to Doug Gentry there, who uh, who sadly died and was a big part of the start of Ring of Honor. You know, even Kerry Silken burying the the hatchet and putting over Gabe Sapolsky and and said the yep. other ROH office people. I thought that was nice. You know, nice to see the likes of Homicide on the show. I did kind of feel the end of the show though with the uh, the little slide they put on screen. What's to say when one era ends, another begins? April twenty twenty two. Like, oh. That's that's very uh, WCW will be back, isn't it? Like you know that website page that cares. The Big Bang pay per view. <laughs> back soon for the Big Bang, will you? Will you? We'll see. Um, but yeah, like Sean says, maybe we'll get Ring of uh, of HHH on her. Um, maybe Triple H will buy it off. Ring of Hunter. My EWR game, Ring of Hunter, will, uh, will come to... It always has been Hunter Johnson, though, hasn't it? That's, That's true. the fucking problem, really. That's true. It's why, why, the, it's why they're in the situation they are. Very true, very true. But one thing that ties the, that ROH subject to the next subject we're talking about... How fun. It was great to see a lot of people doing all these dedications to ROH on uh, on Twitter. You know, wrestlers who've been there, Kenta, Marafuji, you know, Danielson, CM Punk, who <laughs> took to his Instagram <laughs> to post all these really nice pictures of his great memories of Ring of Honor. And fucking hell, Gareth, he had to just hit us in the heartstrings, didn't he, with her? There's this great picture of Punk, Ace Steel, 
and Ricky Steamboat, who are all the people in the photo. If you just follow Punk's Instagram, but if you uh, if you do pull out, there's there's unfortunately the figure of Kulkamana that uh, that Punk decides to crop out uh, of that uh, that image that he put on Instagram. Still live that beef in it, or do you think it's just uh, the saving it for uh, for an angle on Dynamite or something or an MJF line or <laughs> to tie it? It's up. fuel. It's it's yeah, fuel. I hope so. It's fuel. It's <laughs> horrible. Oh, just leave. You could at least leave the memories alone. He was there. Let's not talk about the mystery. I I also I think I I just li- live in a world now where I just assume everything's a work. That's way to be. Maybe it's just my it's all, it's my continuous blind faith. In age of you that I keep um, pulling out in these various situations that I'm like, yeah, that's that's on purpose. That there's a there's a reason for this. This is a you know starting to bleed little things into the uh, in, into into the world like that. But uh, maybe they do just fucking hate each other still. And um, you know, the, there you go. I'm I'm um, I tweeted that. I'm not even having you on my photos, mm. even historic. I tweeted that. The old girlfriend cutting her off the side of pictures. And all. Yeah. yeah, someone said that punk was just on pictures listed around his house with just like, you know, like stickers <laughs> over them or like half the picture missing. Like it's so much of his fucking career. Like, yeah, yeah I, I posted like the comparison image on, on Twitter and I was then terrified for the last two days that punk was going to block me on Twitter. He still hasn't. So, you know, that'll kill me the day that happens. I'm sure it's coming one day, but hopefully, hopefully it is a... <laughs> It is all a work, but no, it does uh, tie nightly, nicely into uh, the next thing we're talking about, which is uh, some AEW. We'll catch up on um, some Dynamite and, uh, and some Rampage, maybe as we as we want to do, jump back and forth between the uh, the two shows. Uh, I think the biggest thing going on right now is the MJF Punk stuff, um, unless you count the debut hook, which we will talk about, don't worry. Um, but yes, the uh, MJF and, uh, and Punk stuff was... Uh, Pretty much the first half hour of uh, of Dynamite this week. I thought, you know, me and JP noted on the weekend show was interesting how that half hour did like an extra hundred thousand viewers than mm. pretty much the rest of the show, especially the main events, you know, portion of the show. And I don't really like to pay too much attention to the ups and downs of you know the the two hour show, but there was a clear pattern there. I think of interest and yeah, I mean, I'll go to you th- the first, guy. What did you make of it? It was absolutely bizarre first half hour of uh of dynamite you know the the punk coming out to mjf's theme cutting essentially a a heel promo the mjf video the you know the the diamond ring battle royal it kind of tied together that first half hour of the show and it was unconventional but you know i've maybe got a some minor criticism but overall it was a it was a good time i, I enjoyed it and yeah just a, a just a crazy first half hour of uh of dynamite maybe to, to shake things up a bit I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was like I, th- I thought it was really, really good stuff. Again, it was it was kind of one of those where you know what I'm like. I go total, you know, if I've if I've not seen it, I'll kind of go dark on Twitter. So you know, I'm not literally following what people's opinions are and things. I don't want spoilers and stuff. So I literally had no idea at all what the general you know public consensus was on this. But as I was watching it, I just I just had a big smile on my face throughout. It just felt like fun, and you know, it did feel like very unconventional and it's the sort of thing there where i don't know it did just obviously feel so odd them you know switching switching roles uh, within the uh, within this particular city for this particular purpose but for me it just it just worked and i, and I, I thought it was um in many ways, I thought it was like the best version of CM Punk that I've I've, I've seen on the on, on the mic as well since um been in AW as well. I just felt like he just felt like 
so natural in the role and then you know almost being that kind of like antagonist to the crowd and just um he just seemed to have a bit of like natural swagger about him and it i don't know just felt like it kind of fit him like a club really to the point where i was thinking ah oh, like <laughs> this is the uh i want him out here like um maybe not been the uh, good old uh baby face uh, further down the line i want him start to be trying to like rile people up and um you know get on the the wrong side of people as as well because um again it was um it was it was something that um that, that that really really worked for me i just liked quite a few of the like little lines in there and there was i, I did feel like maybe towards the end he maybe lost direction a little bit he went back mm. to the same point a couple of times from yeah, like the sports references and he, he almost felt a bit like me trying to end last night's deep cut with like not quite knowing how to finish it <laughs> not quite knowing how to finish it how to finish it off um at the end and and, and the final sort of you know leaving note really wasn't uh, wasn't one that that, that, that stood but um more than any, I don't know. He just had a glint in his eyes. He just had, so, you know, there was just that swagger and something about Punk in this in in this promo that I I just really enjoyed. And then again, that whole video with MGF turning up in his Ferrari or whatever it was, and the the voiceover, you know, talking about his various accomplishments and referencing, you know, driving down whatever road to Billy Joel and all all this. I, I was pissing myself like that again. It was just so off the wall and just so like ridiculous like some of it that again i was just watching it with a, a, a big smile on my you know smile on my face you know all his little lines about him you know having the record at the, the keg stand and pulling so many chicks it was freaking you know it was an awesome bro or whatever they were, they were saying it was just you know, quality quality little lines there and i just thought as a as a as a whole the connection between the the two things for mgf to then enter in this uh in this particular way um it was it was good it was it was it was fun it was something that didn't feel like something that i wanted to pick the bones of necessarily and i was just kind of just sat back and thought this is a uh, this is a good way to start a wrestling pro uh program and just get you in the right mood yeah, it was a hot start Mm. Uh, at the time when we recorded the weekend show, I'd only just seen that and the the battle royal. They were the only things that I, I'd seen, and um, like Gareth says, it was it just it felt like kind of like they'd messed around with the structure as well. So it felt like they'd kind of gone into the the stuff there, and it was it was like a good bit of shit housery, which you know I I like in all walks of life, <laughs> but it was it, it was good because it felt. It, the whole thing felt organic again. And obviously last couple of weeks, I've been somewhat down on AEW TV. So it kind of felt good to see something start off as well with a different atmosphere. The idea of him being cheered there was something that I'd been thinking about. It's going to be pretty easy for him to get him to hate them where he says that he's he's now too good for Long Island or something like that. But they didn't go down that route. They embraced it. And, you know, I always want to give a shout out for him mocking the CM Punk's like kind of entrance when he came out at that rampage as well when you know the fake tears in his eyes and the clobbering time and and all of that kind of stuff but I I thought with the punk promo it was you know and Sean references in the chat it's like he had that little bit of needle and so it wasn't pandering it was like there's a bit of booze, so it felt a bit more organic. And and the fact that he lost direction kind of shows you of how much control he had in it. But he's very much determined to say, no, this is my character. And if they boo me in this place, then they boo me in this place. 
And I, I enjoyed that. So it felt slightly unpredictable. And I think he's been, him being on the stick as well is the thing that I kind of, I, I find particularly almost more interesting than MJF, even though you're waiting for MJF to bring up Cabana stuff as well. So I thought it was a good start. It went into the Battle Royal, which in and of itself wasn't necessarily great, but it felt for that first kind of like half an hour, it was like tremendous to And the ratings bore it out. Mm. And yeah, it, I mean, I, overall, I really enjoyed it. Like I did, I had a laugh like watching it. It was bizarre. It was like, you know, them leading right into, you know, the reaction they probably expected was fun. Although I would say they were definitely... You know, I, I think the crowd was more split than than maybe maybe they even anticipated. I think there were definitely people mm. who didn't really want to boo Punk, who kind of got talked into it through the Punk promo. And you know, I've I've seen criticism out there of this segment that I will I'll give air time to because I do think there's been some reasonable points made about it. So Tom Martin, I've seen Will make a couple of points as well about it, like that. You know, although we all enjoyed it as a standalone segment, you know was, you know, Summer Punk stuff I did think was a little bit on the cheap side. It wasn't exactly earned. It was just kind of your sport, local yeah. sports team sucks type stuff. And it was like, ah, I don't know. Like, I, the, the point I've heard Todd Martin make about it is like, you know, and I think we we talked about this, to be honest, I think maybe last week and, and a little bit in the Omega chat is like, it is hard to get the, the crowd to go the way you want. So you don't want to fight against them and you don't want to, you know, give reason to kind of go against, you know, the intended overall reaction. And I do think I will give some credence to the idea. I mean, MJF is the most hated person in AEW. He's the one person I didn't really ever want to see in this role. I know it was, you know, Brett in Canada type stuff. But still, I think if he'd have tried, he probably could have got this crowd to boo him. Um, oh, yeah. And I do think in a promotion where it is hard to align people, you know, where you have got, you know, a lot of the heels get cheered, you know, Adam Cole being an example, and you know, there's Britt Baker being an example. You know, there's a lot of a lot of effort got in to try and get heels over in this company. And MJF is the one who I kind of thought it was just a red line. You know, it, it was he was he will he's the one who will you know stands you know faster and always be a heel. I do wonder about that. You know, about like pushing against that. And I do wonder about you know. Yes, Punk, you know, in the building was getting booed by some of the crowds, but I wonder if I'm, you know, you're watching this as a fan, you know, Punk is, is out there kind of being a dick for no real good reason um, for 15 minutes. Like, I can see the criticism. Like I say, I think on balance, I did overall enjoy the segment, but I don't know, maybe I'm a bit like, I don't want. There's a lot of this playing with heel face dynamics in AEW right now, from Cody to Brian mm. to Punk to the Punk and Kingston stuff to this. That, you know, it's all okay in isolation, but like there comes a point where I'm just a bit like, be careful what you wish for. Um, but, you know, I'm not saying that the company's, you know, coming down next week or anything because of it. You know, it was, it was one show and it, and it got over and people right. enjoyed it. So oh, is the new Ring of Honor, Benno? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's dead, mate. <laughs> Gone. They fucked it. I mean, the end point of this, though, as well, was obviously at the end of that Battle Royal where MGF's on the ramp and he's looking back, teasing, going back to make the save, isn't he, for, for, for Dante Martin, and he doesn't. So ultimately, at the end of it all, is still a shitbag heel at the end of it and you know he almost for for all that's gone before it it all builds to that point where you've got mjf doing that look on the ramp and then 
and then he doesn't go down that route and the, the crowd isn't you know the crowd isn't behind him then at that point so it's almost like you've played with it but mm. but at the end of the day despite the hometown despite everything like that mm. he's still a massive cunt can't you you know and then the the crowd reacted accordingly at the at, at the end so to me in some ways it almost i don't know it it, it almost cemented it even further that, that 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 gone about in a bit left field in a in, in a slightly different way but it you know, it was almost like all roads came back to mjf just been a been a, been an absolute bastard you know been a pro, you know been a proper heel and even just sort of the the you know stuff during that match as well with the battle you know ultimately when he got to the bottom of the ramp and he's there giving sean spears the hug and you know, you know, giving him the ring, and then he just walks straight past Wardlow and doesn't even make eye contact with him, and just sort of holds his arm out for him to take his coat off. You know, I was, I was loving. I loved that. It was just, again, it's oh, that yeah. small attention to detail on little yeah. things like that that just, just AEW just gets it and just gets me into it because that there, I was, I was like, you know, I was. You know, practically applauding my telly at that moment, and just again for all what had gone before it, for all that for all for for all that gone before it, those those dickhead nuances were, were were still there and laying seeds again for what would what would come with that one as well. You know, ah, yeah, hope it never I'll happens. This start start to finish. <laughs> hope it never happens. Do it forever. Just tease it forever. The photo of MJ. I think it's great. Isn't it? <laughs> like just when just when you forget about it, they bring it back, don't they? It's like I don't think turns coming anytime soon, but it's great. Like it is. It's a, it's like this nice little backstory, isn't it? This nice little Easter egg. In 50 it years' is. time, we're watching some AW retro show and Wardlow's just there, like, mowing his lawn. Because <laughs> <laughs> they as well, I always love that elimination, that idea of he's getting rid of two people at the same time. It's a lovely battle royal elimination and kind of nice setup for stuff. I just think with the CM Punk coming out at the beginning, like my main thought is he, it was like the character just sort of went, well, fuck him. I'm coming out there and I'm just going to say whatever, hmm. which is a nice aspect of the punk character that any time there's a bit of needle, he gets really bitchy. And, and he had a great time. It. He did, you could tell. Yeah. Oh, he did. But the way that the character will get automatically pissy and, and you know, just get really kind of like quite snide about things very, very quickly. is like, I think that's like a nice little character wrinkle because I, I, I agree on the main about the heel face divide. I just wonder if we're talking about going into the demos uh, and trying to cut into it, I wonder whether or not there is some parts of the Shades of Grey stuff, if you do it well, that can always work. And Punk, obviously, is is kind of the master of it, isn't he? Of being able to straddle that heel-face divide, if you think of his, in particular, his WWE run. Mm. Um, But yeah, there may also be another way that you can appeal to that younger demographic that we'll probably get into in a little bit as well. <laughs> well, look, I mean, on that point, you know, the, the other big story, well, other than Cody, um, which we will talk about as well. Um, definitely a, uh, one for uh, for Gareth this week, I think, as far as uh, tick boxes go on which way the uh, the Cody thing oh, is yeah. going. Um, but before we get there, the uh, the Brian stuff, you know, that's the other example of like, you know, the the heel face kind of down at being a little bit played with. Um, obviously, the main event of Dynamite was was him and John Silver, another fun 
Brian as a as a heel match. I mean, you've kind of said yourself, JP, you haven't been hugely into the the stories of mm-hmm. AEW right now. Is that part of it? Like, you know, him and Hangman next week, Winter is coming. You know, this was another dynamite that that did in that it, you know, it's under to nine hundred range, maybe a, a slight bounce back from from the, the bad pattern the uh, the couple of weeks before. Um, you know, decent enough eighteen forty nine, close to close to raw. But still, you know, on the on the low end of even if you knock off, you know, twenty, twenty five percent for the West Coast. Is this part of it? You know, did you expect a monster rating for 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 Winters coming with with Danielson and uh, and Hangman? Considering they're doing the you know the Danielson as a as a heel thing to to protect Hangman is 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 that working? Is that match as big as it would be if it was just purely babyface Brian? This is pure purely babyface Hangman. I think it would feel more organic for the way that Danielson kind of came in rather mm. than how quickly it kind of. My problem, I th- I thought about it after we were. Sp- speaking about it my issue with this storyline is more that i know that he's plugged in and this isn't the original plan and this is them kind of thinking around it for what they can do and it bothers me on a week-to-week basis now does that bother the casual fan i'd be surprised if it did but it bothers me and maybe for some people who are thinking about it, it just feels something like isn't quite right we've missed a couple of steps for brian getting to be the kind of person that he's being in this feud now there's an easy kind of fix to it as we've said many times we all come out and say we wanted to get the real um adam page and with the benefit of hindsight it's probably easier to say that babyface versus babyface would have been the way to go i think it's more that it it it, it feels like a somewhat of a forced situation and so that's the thing that i take from it it's not saying i don't enjoy it i don't enjoy these matches or his mannerisms or his stylings it's just for me, it it doesn't quite click. And in terms of the rating, I if I was going to predict, I'd say nine hundred thousand. If they cross that, I think they'd be happy with it. Um, it says a lot from where they were, like that couple of months ago, as we were speaking about in terms of the the, the ratings and the change over over that period of time. But I think the key thing is it just needs a great match, something that gets a bit of steam and a bit of momentum and a bit of buzz. That's I think that's kind of what you want from this, and you want to kickstart this Adam Page reign hot with a good first title defense. I thoroughly expect him to retain. I'd be like, I'd be very shocked if they if they took it off him. But I think as much as anything else, the most important thing, and this is when you're signing what the bread and butter stuff that you're signing Brian Danielson for, is to have a great match. Mm. Yeah. Well, have you made of the stuff, um, Gareth? I mean, we did mention it on the Kenny show. Hangman's kind of... <laughs> it's not like he's not been doing much, has he, really? He, he turns up for a run-in at the end of segments, or, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's hardly featured. Like, it does feel like Brian's kind of carrying this feud on his own going into, into Windsor is coming next week. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's 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 one of these where he, he has, like, vanished. And like you say, we talked about this on the Kenny show, about this idea of, like, having the champion and then trying to make them, like, a prominent feature in your, in your show and, like, building it there accordingly. I think the way that this has been booked, you know, I've got the same reservations as JP around the whole plug-in side of things, which, you know, does uh, does impact your, your thought process on this. But I think one of the, the flip sides of it is, is that you've been seeing so much Danielson and seeing him evolve and grow Um on this side of his character and personality that I've really been enjoying it. (laughs) I I, I really like the side of him and like, I really, you know, 
you look at him and I feel like he's loving it as well. You just, again, it's one of, it's one of these where you can almost like see it in the eye of the, uh, of the wrestler that it's something that they're totally down with, you know, when he's there, he's, you know, when he's working the crowd or where he's saying, you know, whether he's saying things down the camera, you could, that, that, sort of inherent joy that is happening working this type of role is just uh is totally uh, totally coming uh, coming across and i don't want you know i don't think hangman will lose the belt i don't want him to lose the belt but equally i, I kind of want now that danielson's gone this way and now that things have evolved over a, a couple of weeks down this direction i kind of want more of this really and yeah I'd, I'd be quite open for them you know building this as something that's a bit more a, a bit a bit more long longer term and maybe like building to something again with them in in the future and you know having this you know nasty aggressive side of bright Danielson continue to to grow and grow and grow and i almost feel like that's where the that's where the you know the strength in him at this time in aw is going to come from more so than in being you know Nice, good guy, uh, hard-working, great wrestler, Brian Danielson. Yeah, I almost feel like the the aggressive, nasty, nasty side of him. You know, leaning that that way is uh, feels like it's 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 where the money is, and I feel like they're in a different difficult spot. I mean, it was quite interesting. I, I can't remember was it in the Punk promo, but I've definitely seen Punk reference the AW title this in the in the last week. I can't remember if it was on Dynamite, it was on Rampage, and I thought that's talking a lot about it as well. Was it? Yeah, I thought that's that that felt to me like it was the first time that I've heard him sort of mention the title particularly you know in the past it's always been about working with other wrestlers and helping this company grow and helping people develop and then so now I've punk talk about the belt as but that felt a bit like well where's that come from that's that's a bit odd and it, it just made me think like oh is that then the next step is that where you know is it evolve Danielson out of this and then you put punk into you know he slots in next behind it and which case I'm not not sure I uh, you know not sure how I, how, I, how I feel feel about that, but I definitely feel like they could have been doing more with Hangman, getting him on the TV more, working just a couple of more matches in some different way, just to just, just to establish him, you know, even put him out there and just kill a couple of people in three minutes flat or something, you know, that don't even need to be title matches, just present him as being a bit as big a threat as um, Danielson's been presented of uh, of late. But, um, mm. I mean, it'll do well, I think, as a, as, as a show. It's a sort of, you know, from a rating point of view, I'd be surprised if it didn't increase, you know, and, you know, it should tickle a million. It should be there or thereabouts, I think. You know, it's going to be in your 900 plus, you know, easily. You know, easily. And there's, there's every argument that it could be one of these. It's a 987 or a 1.013 or something like that, either either side of it, because it does feel like a a big match that people are going to be interested in, in watching. But yet again, it kind of almost feels like one of these odd AEW scenarios where... Yes, it'll be good, but it could have been even better. Like, and that's uh, that's it, it's it's becoming to feel like a little bit of a theme. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, I'm on the rating. I, I do, I do think it's going to crack the million overall. I think the eighteen forty nine is probably going to be strong. Um, you know, I think this this week I was just gutted they were that close to Raw <laughs> and then didn't didn't uh, didn't eclipse it. And I'm just like, ah, oh, without this West Coast stuff or without this whatever this malaise is, you know, this last month or so. You know, I've, I listened to Meltzer on a radio. He was talking about it, kind of. He was saying like the West Coast could account for up to like 
you know, it's like basically 25%. But, you know, it's not that it's not airing on the West Coast. It's just not in prime time anymore. So you've then got to adjust that. And it's hard to work out what the number is. But in any, you know, however you slice it, you know, there is a, you know, even whatever whatever the total is possible with the West Coast taken out, we are on a bit of a dip right now. And I want this feud to, to galvanize it. And I almost feel like, is this match coming next week? sooner than maybe they even planned i don't know uh, tony's been talking you know he, there's going to be more debuts coming i wonder um you know are we going to see the kyle o'reilly's of the world are we you know i hate to say it we're going to see the bray wyatt of the world is that what winter that's the winter that's coming um keith you know, lee he's going to be trying yeah keith lee could be the guy could be yeah just pure speculation oh. it, it feels like you know tony's outright said you know going forward they want to you know give their strongest forward really as far as the last few tnt shows and this little period here so you know i think that probably means a lot of big moments um you know and that does tend to as we talked about again on the kenny show that does tend to pop things with AEW. you know happened on the first show happened when nxt fucked off happened when punk and brian came in and then does it sustain um and that's kind of the, the battle they've got but yeah i guess we'll see um with that going forward but I mean, yeah, the other, you know, heel face conversation. Got to mention it. Cody Rhodes came out, challenged Sammy Guevara. Was this for the Christmas Day show or the New Year's show or something? It's not for Winter is Coming, is Christmas it? Day. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Um, they're doing it for. I mean, probably not talking a big viewership for that one, but he was he was at a, at his, as a Cody troll and best. Did he come out the baby face um, tunnel and go back through the heel tunnel, I think? Um, <laughs> yeah, a couple of, uh, couple of barbs in there, a couple of lines in there. He was, uh, he was definitely uh, working the likes of me on this one, Gareth. Yeah, I think he came out the baby face, didn't he? And didn't he tease going down the heel one, but then going, <laughs> yeah, oh, right. and, going and he, he turned around and went and went back down the the baby face one, which was you know got a got a rise out of me that one definitely. I thought that was a that was a good little wrinkle, and it just <laughs> again, it's just, I, I, I think the whole promo just you know <laughs> like you said before had me sat there thinking, yep, I'm I'm, I'm right to be on the right track here, and just well, assume everything's right, so Everything been a been a been a work here. There's 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 no way they're doing the little fakes and things like that, and it it not been um you know it not be something that they're building to, and mm. you know even just like the line of like from one good guy to the next or something <laughs> like that, or from one good guy to another is as he as he addressed <laughs> Sammy, you know, and you just awesome. like you know it's so in, you know it's so blatant, it's so mm. like you know, on the nose, some of that stuff for it not, you know, for it not to be. I think it's um, it's all just these small parts that's, that's coming together. And, you know, I've got to be honest, when he came out and, you know, we've talked about like some of Sammy's opponents and, you know, the level of his run so far where with that with that belt, I wasn't disappointed about this. I was quite um, enthused and excited about um, this match as well because, again, it's going to, uh, I think it's good for Sammy to, to have Cody as an opponent at this time, but I'm also intrigued to see what happens with it and, you know, where it goes and how that, and, and how that particularly plays out. So it just felt like a uh, positive, uh, positive segment to me and, you know, positive that it's got me <laughs> excited about a Cody Rhodes match. Yeah. The... We needed some signs of the overt heel turn, I think, because we're. I think we're all generally in agreement. This that tween, the Cena character they're going for is is not the way forward. So, at least, then, if I know it's going to come, there's a part of me that's going to have that bit more investment in kind of segments like this and a match like this. Mm. 
I've spread, I've spread, spread my bet. I, I was having an argument with somebody on Twitter the other week about how I didn't even think, you know, that, that's that my, my mindset's maybe changed a bit now, but I didn't even think he was going to be doing the, you know, I'll, I'll be a heel when it suits kind of thing. I just thought he'll just carry on being babyface Cody in the face of everything and he'll continue to only wear heels. So I've got that, that side argument going on as well. So I could be right there and be wrong here or wrong here and wrong there as well. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, like I say, if he, it wouldn't shock me if... Uh, you know, it, it did feel a bit laid on a bit thicker this week, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. But yeah, I think that's definitely much more interesting than what what has been going on with the uh, with Sammy so far in a pretty you know underwhelming uh, TNT title run so far. But I mean, they're kind of the big storylines going on. We should probably talk about yeah some of the matches that happened across you know Dynamite and uh, and Rampage that uh, that took our took our interest. Um, do you want to talk about her? <laughs> yeah, I know you're dying to JP. The meme, the meme became real, um, and it is a fucking meme. Like you know, I've seen people say it's not. It is, you know. Uh, uh, but it's a, it's it's funny because like the, the thing with Hook was like he's just a really good looking young lad, and he was like this mysterious man who kept appearing behind Taz, and it was just it's this great organic story we've had over this last year where it was like, okay, one who's that? Then Taz introduced him as Hook. Then he started getting more physically involved, you know. Dressed like a fucking, you know, male model. Dressed like a fucking 20-something, young 20-something-year-old. Like, if Hook was in WWE, like, he wouldn't get out of NXT 2.0. He probably wouldn't even get on the show. You know what I mean? Uh, he's he's very, uh, very current, good-looking young lad who kind of has become ironically over, I think, in uh, in a lot of circles. Although, you know, with, uh, <laughs> with him being such a good-looking lad, it's maybe not so ironic for some people why they love him so much. But I've got to be honest, with, with all that said... I don't think this debut could have gone any better. Like, it was, you know, mm-hmm. he came out, he had presence, he had a fucking great entrance stream, Action Bronson, as we were talking about earlier, JP. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fucking brilliant that they gave him that. He came out and then he was different. You know, that was always my thing. Like, how is Hook going to be able to live up to, like, the idea everyone's kind of half-jokingly putting all of our heads about the big Hook debut coming? And then he came off there and, yeah, he didn't wrestle like anybody else. He wrestled, like, kind of like his dad, but kind of, he was different as well. You know, some of the grappling he did and mm. some of the throws he did and just kind of the way he carried himself in there. It was it was just a really good debut. Like, he came across like a star. You know, I'm not pretending that based on this, I think he's going to be the biggest star in the history of wrestling. I mean, we haven't seen him bump yet. You know, we haven't seen him run the ropes yet, yeah. as uh, Brian Elliott rightly put on Twitter. So maybe pump the brakes on that. You know, maybe, it, you know, great debuts in wrestling history. Maybe I've had Kurt Angle at the uh, the Rumble with Taz. Is still my favourite one, speaking of uh, the Taz family. But it was a great debut. It really was presented perfectly. and. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he came across different, the presentation was different, and it was one of those ticks in the boxes of like, yeah, we wouldn't get this on WWE, you know, you wouldn't. Um, you know, fucking Dominic Mysterio, who had a decent enough debut himself, eat your heart out, it's uh, it's all about Hook now. It is. Um, I, uh, by the way, I reserve the right to completely change my opinion on Hook in the next, like, kind of <laughs> six months entirely, <laughs> depending on how this goes. Um, but for that moment, for how he was presented, everything about it was absolutely spot on. Like from the music, his presence, the things he did. I, You don't see a wrestler just sort of put their head on the corner pad and just sort of stay there chewing, just like not looking around at their opponent. I forget quite often that his dad is Taz. And then I see Taz and I still don't believe that that's his dad. 
Like, I will to my dying day bring that. I just got, I don't know how these two people are related. I'm like, my eldest son, I would argue, looks more like his mum, but you can see an element of his dad. I'm sure Gareth feels the same way uh, about his. See that. I don't see any connection other than like, he loves a submission and a suplex, but I don't know if that's a Sinurcha family fucking tradition or whatever it is. Hookplex, thank you very much. But carry on. Yeah, okay. Hookplex. Yeah. Um, but it was, but as a result of forgetting he was his dad, I kind of forgot. I was like, oh yeah, he would have been training for this like for a really fucking long time, wouldn't he as well? Mm. So there's a point where they would have had this down almost to perfection. And there's so many proviso. There's no guarantee. But for a moment, it felt like, and and 800,000 views or just under that on YouTube would kind of like have this out. There's definitely a connection. If it has any, the ratings aren't out for Rampage yet. So like the result, you know, oh, the, they are. The, are they out? Yeah, has it had any neg, neg, are they crap? <laughs> yeah. Whether the it has pretty much the same as last week. Would last. be interesting. I would say you don't want to put him as a special attraction who wrestles once every six months this bloke should be wrestling all the time. He should be going through people. Sean Deans, all the very Baron Blacks, all the various kind of job guys should be absolutely going through all of them at the moment. Yeah. That spot they did for the gun club running through all of that kind of dark and dark elevation talent. That should be him. And like you build up his first meaningful opponent as much as anything else. And a shout out for Fuego Del Sol involved in another fucking cracking squash match. Like that bloke under three minutes is absolutely class and completely did his job and, and like completely got him over as well. So like everything about this was great. We all need to hold our horses. That's a kind of obvious thing to say as much as anything else. But how often are you excited by seeing someone in their first kind of big time televised match and you see something there in terms of the presentation, but you see stuff as well in, in, in ring where you think there's a, there's a lot going on here and this is fucking interesting. It's like very rarely do you say that. You certainly never say that about WWE, like you say, where he never would have made it out of that performance center t-shirt. That would have been him for the rest of his days there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, can only echo what you're saying there, really, JP. I mean, for, like I thought the lad was in in an impossible situation. It was in for me. It was just impossible for him to live up to the meme or to live up to the hype almost. But he, but he did, and he he, he surpassed it in, in many ways for for me. Like you know, obviously, again, pumped the brakes on it and the quality of the match, and it was a it was a squash match and mm. things um, things like that. And you know, again, I'd echo the same thoughts as you, JP, there on throwing a bit of kudos to Fuego's um, way because of um, the way that he, uh, he he worked with him in this. But you know, the suplex spots, the judo throws, been in there, the bit of the grappling. I was thinking. This, this, I was thinking this is looking right up my street here. Yeah. This is um is his way of working here. Uh, you know, alongside as of him coming across as being like, you know, cool as fuck, marketable, you know, his all business attitude is just the, the whole, you know, facials and things before the match and then after the match, getting out of the ring and walking up, you know, just even the look on his face walking up the ramp. I was like I cannot believe that he's actually delivered on 
this whole hype train behind it and then, you know, come out and actually looks like he could be with a bit of time and with a bit of seasoning and, you know, a, you know, a serious <laughs> good, um, you know, pro wrestler to have on, on, on TV. It was, I, I was, you know, I was, I was, you know, blown away by it. I've got to get, you know, got to be honest and just the, um, it just got me, you know, really excited. I was, I was thinking this is just going to be kind of a, oh, he'll have, you know, he'll have his debut and he'll have a couple of matches and then the whole thing will, the thing will burst. But, you know, again, with a, with, with, with an element of caution, looking at it, thinking there, why not? Why not? Why can't this lad be a, a, a star going forward? He had, he had better ring presence generally than I thought he would have based on his size and the way that he has been like a background act as well. He just, he, he seemed to just, you know, have a, have a, have that presence and kind of own, own the ring when he was, uh, when he was stood, stood there and just, um, yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing, seeing more of it. And I think JP is absolutely right. Get him in there with these, you know, these dark lads who know how to work, who know how to throw a bit of China's way and make him look better than he actually is. And, um, you know, bump for him and things, things, that, things like that. And let's, uh, let's go with it. I'm, a, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the hook train. <laughs> That'd be the title of the show. I'm, I think, I, you know, not to undersell as well, you both said it, like, again, Fuego del Sol, like, every roster needs a Fuego. Every roster needs those yeah. bottom-level guys, don't they? Because if you don't have got a bottom, you haven't got a middle, and that's the B2B's problem. There's Roman Reigns, and then everyone else, isn't there? Like, where they've got these guys, they've got, the you know, the 2.0s of the world, even Daniel Garcia is pretty much on the lower end as much as we all rate him. Like, you need guys like that, and yeah, he was perfect. Also, should Puck look great in them shorts? Sorry, that was the last thing I wanted to say. Um, <laughs> the look. <laughs> what a look. Like, it was, <laughs> like, I thought about the white boots at th- first. I was like, uh, I don't know. But it completely, oh, you know, it, it, it just all worked. And I was going to say the speed with which he moved when he was doing, like, some of the, like, some of the grappling work and when he was doing some of the judo tosses, it was like, that was genuinely impressive of like kind of Matt, you know, there's a lot to work with, with him. Mm. And it's the long, long game. We speak about, you know, the four pillars and the rest of it, you know, that get brought up. You know, this is someone you're looking at, like it's sort of 10 years time wouldn't have reached his peak, but at the same time, it, and I'm very wary talking about things like, does he appeal to demographics? Because none of us are in the demographic that you would imagine someone like him would appeal to. It's sure. our projection of what that demographic think. And we always have to be very wary. They're going to think differently to us because they're a different generation. But on the surface of it, you look at it and think, this is a hell of a presentation as well. And the music is absolutely fucking perfect for the walkout. It's perfect. If you saw boxers coming out to this, you'd be like, yeah, that's boss. That works. (laughs) That's that's, That's spot on. It's the kind of stuff that you want you know, UFC fighters to come out to, because a lot of the times it kind of like bleeds into the background. But like this felt proper. The logo, he's got his T-shirt on PWTs. Obviously I've put it on my watch list for like <laughs> next time they're doing some sort of sale. Cause I, and all it has is hook that hook logo on there. And it's like, in some ways it's the simplicity of him. You don't need to make him like massively more complex than what he is. There's a, there's all, you've got that kind of aura and enigma. You want to keep that kind of special whilst at the same time, you know, beating the shit out of, I don't know, 
Anthony Henry if he's in there or someone like that. What a what a great good wrestler. What a great myth it'd be if this was just it. We never see him wrestle ever again. This is the whole story. (laughs) (laughs) One and done. Because it could go either way, you know, it could become like this big wrestling oh, yeah. star, or we could just all be looking back. Like, oh, remember that? Remember the mini hook run we got before he got in with his lacrosse mates and got himself in some trouble or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> There's always that chance, is there? You know, too much, too young. How, how would you not have an ego if you hook? Nothing else. Um, oh, yeah. And you can tag in with Hobbs. Mm. That's, I was going to say, that's a perfect situation there for, for, for something like that and the development. But just some of the small signs, like that. I think there was the, the first time he, t- he took him down and he was um, he just had his like foot in the back of um, Fuego's knee joint as he like as he, as he took him to the ground. And it was just that small thing of, it's not just casual, you know, it wasn't just a, a casual, you know, take down with, with with not much to it there was that small nuance of realism to the way that it was by by just putting his foot in there and, and but i was just like that was literally i think that was the first thing he did and i was just like oh <laughs> i was like right off with that small detail of how he'd uh, how he'd done that to you know complete that takedown i was thinking yes there we go this lad this lad gets it and he's uh clearly his dad uh you know clearly with 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 having his dad in his corner as well and his style of work as well you, know, those you think how much he's just picked up by osmosis over the years yeah. just in you know general training and think you know take the general train out of the out of the way just listening to his listening to his dad and his you know if he um if he, if he keeps following down this route I'll be uh, I'll be on that t-shirt watch list with JP. <laughs> if he ever comes back, we have lost JP by the way for the other listeners. But um, yeah, I, 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 you know, and I think as well, having his dad there will plug some of the you know the holes. You know, there were there was a couple of moments in the match where he was just kind of just wandering around a bit aimlessly in the ring, just enjoying the moment, maybe a bit too much. That you know, all those little things will, will, will come with time. And I just couldn't help but watch it and be like, I'm sure it's different with uh, you know, obviously your kids and uh, and JP's kids, but. Imagine your dad was Taz. Like, I mean, your dad's not supposed to be cool. Like, he did an interview where he was like, oh, yeah, my dad really likes Action Bronson as well. I was like, fuck off. Like, it's such a weird thing, isn't it? Imagine growing up and your dad's like this, not superstar wrestler, but this kind of cool wrestling legend of, like, you know, a more hardcore fan type. And not only, like, you know, wanting that yourself, but, yeah, you know, still wanting it despite the fact your dad had it. It's like kind of... Kind of cool that he uh, he clearly looks up to his dad and you know is wanting to emulate him in that way. I just just can't imagine dad Taz being your dad at all. <laughs> Brilliant. What a family! Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's quite different to my dad selling tiles. Not quite the. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't an ECW then. No, <laughs> no, no. Uh, my dad almost played but, forever, uh, and that's the closest thing I've got. I was going to say you had that, didn't you? That was, that's almost your, that that's wasn't quite. <laughs> Doesn't count. But on that side of things, though, as well, it was one of the things I was actually thinking during this show was it was just triggering that thing of how much I've been enjoying Taz on commentary and like how much sort of fun he brings to the brings to the show and enjoyment you know when mm. we've we've picked out on the bad side of things from the commentary with with JR and some of like Jericho's worst points with his shoutiness and over the topness and things I think like Taz has really it's just been a breath of fresh air on that program and I've, I think I enjoy his commentary um, more than I ever have done in like you know mm. you know compared to the stuff that he's do, did it in you know WWE all the way back in the day compared to his stuff that he did in, in you know with TNA and things. 
I think it's I think it's it's been absolutely fantastic, and it's been such a strong low key addition to the to the commentary booth for for AW. And um, again, I think it's um, I think it's one of those where I remember at the time when he was first bleeding in, I was thinking, is this is this right? Do we want to have Taz in there because of the association with TNA things things like that from that standpoint? But God, I'm fucking delighted is is there, and obviously um, we wouldn't have had this moment either, probably if uh, if it wasn't for that too. So uh, big win, big win all round. Getting uh, Taz on board. I hated Taz and TNA. Like I, every week of my impact reviews or slash tweet alongs on Twitter, I'd hashtag Taz as a cunt, and he blocked me. And I can't understand why, to be honest, why he'd do that. Um, at some point, he's unblocked me, so I'm happy about that. But um, but I hated them. I thought it was terrible, like, tail end of his TNA run. But so was everyone, because he was in fucking TNA. You know, and think of the shit he had to call. I, you know, I did enjoy him early on in SmackDown, but I love him and AWE, really. The, the booth is, you know... Obviously, you know, I know I've been very critical of Jim Ross, but you want to see him get better and, and you know go get through his health issues. But I do think it's a it's a more balanced booth when Taz is in there. Uh, you know, Tony Schiavone feels a little bit more focused, knows his role. You know, I think Excalibur is allowed to lead a lot more because he hasn't got to you know tread on JR's toes and tread carefully. It's just better, and you don't. I the the best thing I can say about commentary is when you forget it's there, and I forget it's there, and I just kind of it's kind of in the back of my head, and I'm kind of enjoying it, and I pick up the odd line, and it's like just Ian and some mates have a good time, and you know Ian and Taz be proud of his son, which felt a lot like watching uh, Robbie Savage <laughs> this week when his uh, when his son turned up for Man United. What a uh, what a one two combo that was this week. Um, but yeah, he really adds something, and it's just it's a better booth altogether. Not Robbie Savage, Taz. Yeah, my Wi-Fi went down when you guys started off, but I completely agree <laughs> with him. But uh, I've got a lot of Taz love, um, like he has clearly in the evidences hook. Yeah, um, of, of the of the love that he has. Yeah, well, I'm assuming his wife is an absolute stunner because again, it just makes zero sense <laughs> that 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 is his dad. Just again to throw that out. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um... Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Is that a really bad comment to make? No, it'll be bad if I reply to you. Um, we'll move it on. Uh, <laughs> elsewhere in AEW. Sure, she's a lovely woman. In AEW yeah. and, uh, yeah, I don't want that. Um, you know, otherwise, you know, match-wise, I mean, what else like piqued your, uh, your interest this week? I would say, and, you know, I feel almost bad left it this long to say, because we did mention it on BW as well. I thought Rio and Jamie Hayter was a bit of a banger on Dynamite. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed that. Like, there was something about the size difference in there that doesn't always work with Rio matches for me, because she is so, so slight. Um, but in there with Jamie Hayter, who looked like a monster, you know, in all the positive ways by comparison just a really great hard fitting match that to be honest left me at the end of it wondering if Britt Baker can live up to that when she has a match with Rio because I think Jamie Jamie Hayter kind of put it to shame here she's uh, she's been looking great I think like you say that dynamic between the two the mm. you know the the big bruiser against Rio you know mm using her evasiveness and her speed and high flying to sort of counter it you know it just it just worked as a very natural story between the two and just hate is just someone who her her basics are just so good aren't they she's just yeah i think in the in the way she she works you can just tell that she's just like really just honed as a as a, as a wrestler in the the, the simple uh, things that she could do she, she maybe could have caught caught better on the uh, dive to the uh, dive, <laughs> dive to the outside that's a, that's the one uh, one one cross I'd uh, put on this, but again, yeah, absolutely the same as you here. This was, you know, 
when you said there about matches that stood out, this is the one that's in the front of my mind because mm. it's you know, it's it it jumped at jumped out um, big time there and and also I think the post-match angle with with Brit as well I think that just that worked as well and just like setting it up for that that next point and you know Rio does work in this role you know present you know in this baby face role underdog baby face smaller who's you know can find herself in those those um, situations where she's you know fighting under from underneath but having enough about her to you know you can take a Credibly, that she's gonna, you know, pull something off to, you know, possibly get the get the win or get that like last gas kick out um, with that, that that bit of fire that she can show as well. Like, yeah, really, really enjoyed this, and you know, pleased to see Rio back on the on the roster. And again, it's a point that I've made in previous weeks, but I just feel now you 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 start to look at the depth that's building within this AW Wounds roster and the quality of some of the combinations that can be put on put on there. People criticise AW for their for their women's divisions and how much time it's shown. I, I tell you what, I'd take the top eight uh, female wrestlers in AW over the top eight wrestler, uh, female wrestlers in WWE, no problem at all. Like I, I think, because they're they're building that that strength in depth, um, you know, massively so, and definitely got more people doing more interesting things. Yeah, yeah, I'll oh, go four uh, on it. Uh, honestly, no hesitation on four on it. Um, really, really good match. I went to three point seven five, and mm. yeah, sort of like I saw that you you'd gone four on it. I could completely get why. I wonder whether or not it's because Jamie Hayter had obviously extended runs in Stardom. Whether or not she's more comfortable in herself working with um, somebody who who trained out in Japan. Um, there's, you know. It, it's the fact of like they've clearly got plans for Jamie Hayter. The fact she's never does the DMD thing in the interviews is something that has always been like the kind of the first thing you notice is that little background detail. So you're waiting for that kind of heel turn to to happen, and where Baker would you'd imagine become like a face character alongside Rebel, which is how she should be. But I was thinking with Rio, Rio, someone who I won't lie. I, re- I strongly, I don't like the presentation of it. I think the theme music is god fucking awful. It's like <laughs> listening to Manic Minor or something like that, just played like out of key. Just speed it up, you know? Like that's what it is. Speed it up, Manic Minor. Um, I can't stand it. However, she has really good matches. Like we kind of forget since the beginning, like the match against Nyla Rose, none of us, it's always been the case of never looking forward to her matches. And then she has them and then we're like pleasantly surprised they're good. You know, it, it, I think for us, it's just the presentation of her character just doesn't, it's, it's something that just feels impenetrable. Can't relate to in any way, shape or form. I'm not saying I should relate instinctively, but I kind of just don't know what the character is necessarily other than she's incredibly slight and small and has really good matches as an un- as a underdog babyface and can takes brutal fucking bumps as well, like kind of Spike Dudley. That's a comparison, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely a, a highlight for me of the weekend. Any other matches you guys want to mention? Or I mean, we did have that really fresh between FTR and the Lucha Brothers. It was, uh, it was uh, Jamesy nailed that. Was... Bad wrestling takes fuck off. That was a great wrestling take. <laughs> I've never seen two teams do this. You know what? It was a good match for Rampage, but that's their level yeah. with this match. They can't, they can't get out of that three and a half star range. Like it's just, it's not happening. The chemistry isn't there. 
I think FT, the biggest criticism I've got of FTR is like, for all their talk about being this old school badass tag team and their way's the right way, they then get in there with teams like this and then just do what the other team does. Like, they completely forget all of their fucking bullshit mm-hmm. and bluster about how the way matches are supposed to be worked and they just end up doing some weird. It's, it's what it is, it's like. You want to see the best of both. You want to see the best of the flying of the Lucha Brothers with the science and the you know alleged psychology of FDR. But instead, you just get the worst of both, and you just kind of get these weird, messy, clunky mm. matches. I know people have been higher on the previous matches than we are, but yeah, I laughed at that when Jamesy got uh, singled out by that cringe wrestler that takes account because he was absolutely right. They're just the two teams that just should be a long way away from each other and shouldn't wrestle again. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just agree. I just, you know, I think they have good enough matches. They have like this match. I wouldn't, I'm not going to turn around and say I disliked this match. You know, I enjoyed it to a certain level. Like I'll give it three and a half or 3.25 or, you know, so it was, it was, it was good enough, like, like enjoyable, but quite clearly between them, there's just something there from a stylistically, they just don't click. And, you know, as you say there, Benno, it doesn't, they, they don't bring the the best out of uh, out of each other as well. And I thought the match was was weird. I don't know if it was the lighting or something like that, the way that it was presented. But it, it felt like it was like a house show match or something mm. to me. And and the way they worked made it feel like a house show. It, it almost was like where you got one of those random WWF compilation VHSs yeah. back in the day. And this match was just <laughs> some, you know, oh, here, no, from the Boston, here, from, here from the Boston Garden, it's so-and-so against so-and-so kind of thing. You're a bit like, what? And it's just, you know, there's maybe like no commentary on it or something. It just, it had that, it had that funny feel for it where I was thinking maybe to the live crowd, this actually would have come across stronger than it did through the, uh, through, through the TV from, from the way it was worked. But yeah, it just didn't feel like a TV match at all to me. I love those tapes, no, by the way. Somebody posted like a clip of one on Twitter this week. They're you know, the ones where it's like Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. Like, and we got a letter in from Tommy in Bradfordshire, who really wants to see the British Bulldog versus the Mountie. And guess what, folks? We've got one. And it'd just be some shit house show match with a DQ finish. Like, <laughs> that's what this was. <laughs> Used to drive me mad that I would I would be thinking like who on earth is like writing in to request Coco Beware versus the Warlord or something like that. You know, like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Years later, I got it. <laughs> I, can can FTR Mark, just cos- requested? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, can FTR cosplay the one team they're meant to be cosplaying, the Midnight Express, and kind of wrestle like a fucking tag team, mm. and just get caught up? Up, they disappear up their own asses. That's the that's the problem with it, and like they've gone so far down the rabbit hole of trying to do shoe and all this other stuff that it all becomes kind of meaningless. Whereas really, the I suppose the beauty of the um of the uh what the revival weren't they WWE forgot there for a second. The beauty of it is they wrestled their match effectively, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And American Alpha wrestled theirs. And DIY wrestled theirs. Mm-hmm. Like at that point in time when they were having those matches and they, and they were fucking great, you know, um, like that's the stuff they were doing. And instead it's just like kind of a case of like believing your own hype. So the problem is I went three and a half stars on this, but I just found myself just not caring, just wanting this match to end. So hopefully this feud would end and they'd go on some more interesting things, which at least ring of honor then through the Briscoes in that yeah. direction, which just feels like good. Get them away from Lucha brothers. Nothing to do with that. 
there's some other more interesting tag matches you can do with them. Yeah. It, it's one I was going to ask you actually then, Benno, is obviously you've seen a hell of a lot more of the Briscoes than me. Do you feel like stylistically the Briscoes will work with, with FTR? Because I say that end segment got me quite excited about the match. It's only as we're chatting through this that I'm thinking in my head, <laughs> Uh, actually, are the Briscoes going to work the type of match where you'll get the best out of FTR, or are we going to find ourselves in the same situation as you know talking I, about the Lucha Brothers? I do worry, like they, they'll cancel each other out type of thing. You can tell FTR are into it because it's like Briscoes feel legit and they're hard hitting, and it's going to be you know two teams of bruisers going back and forth. Briscoes, especially in their younger age, were were, were uh, in a positive way, believe me, a spotty tag team. You know, it was a lot of big moves and a lot of, like, big kickouts and stuff, and their better matches can be like that. But I've got more faith, I think, in, yeah, the Briscoes being able to slot into what FTR do and, you know, maybe FTR having a, you know, stand on the ground a little bit more and, you know, having just a, a proper good old tag match. Um, I think it all depends on if, you know, if the Briscoes are over, I think it'll be fine. Um, it'll de- definitely be better than this. This just, yeah, hasn't worked from the uh, from the start. Um, so, yeah, it can only be better, really, is probably uh, my take on it. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on any anything else from uh, AW before we move on? Adam Cole Wheelie Ute is all right. I like Wheelie Ute. That's all I'm really going to say about it. Me too. Good lad. Like Adam Cole. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed the bit where the Varsity Blondes were trying to do a promo and then um, the lights went out and uh, JB Carragher turned up and spat in her face. <laughs> <laughs> See, a lot of people are going with the Riverdale analogy, but that's better. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was weird. She sold it well, though. She sold it well, to be fair to her. <laughs> no, nothing much else to add. No, no. Good promo for Deeb against Sheeda. I'll say that as well. That was a that was taking the bit. time, aren't yeah. they, with this whole tournament? Like, it's what are they waiting for? Yeah. Like, I assume yeah. January. Like, the proper dragging this out. Apparently, they're announcing the Owen on um on on, on Dynamite this week. I'd forgotten about that. That, that was. Uh, I wonder what the uh, like we we talked about before, didn't we? What, what that's going to be made up of to make that different than the. Many tournaments we've had lately. I'm still suspicious it might be a tag tournament or maybe a trios tournament, even if there's not belts at the end of it. Um, yeah, guess we'll see. Mm. Mm. But anyway. Trios tournaments, will we get Keith, Bruce, and. You've got to be protected as Bruce. Teddy's in prison, so you're not even getting the next generation. Um, good, <laughs> by the way. Um, Davey's uh, about, though, isn't he? Davey Boy Smith Jr. Oh, he is free agent again, he? Yeah. He'd be too busy pouring us off on blood sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking boring cunt. Um, at least he battered that LaFellow who's had to run on Bret Hart that time. He'll always, I'll always. And you know what? That's the other thing I'll say about FTR Bald. You know, I'll give him that too. They gave that lad a, lad a kick in. You always got a soft spot in my heart for them for that reason. Um, but anywho, <laughs> back, to, back to what we're going to talk about. And it's, uh, it's once again, I haven't got the graphic lined up this week. Gareth Britt Rescorn at time. Um, Gareth has uh, been on your travels again um, this week, mate. I have. I, uh, I paid a visit to, to Newcastle, the home of Greg's, um, <laughs> for a um, not for a, a pasty, um, for a bit of wrestling, um, which was almost a bit of a year end, bit of a Christmas party feel to it. Went up there and met the uh, Graps and Claps lads. So met uh, Andy and Jeff and Chris Lane and Ben, uh, Brit Away days uh, up there as well. So um, 
went up there early afternoon on the Saturday and just had a uh, had a very nice uh, day on the drink with them and um, was. Uh, yeah, I was I was quite intrigued to get up to to North. I think it's one of those uh, promotions that feels like a little bit of an, an outlier being up there in Newcastle. Um, it's sort of away from the away from the scene a little bit more that you you know see more commonly in this area with a, a lot of the same people people on it. It seemed to be like a promotion that's had a bit of buzz about it, been a bit different. Seems to have got a bit of a you know a stronger following up there in um in, in Newcastle and, and also um, you know as a sort of major plus side as well that the, the show's held at um anarchy brew company as well so you know it was a wrestling um you know wrestling event been held within a within a brewery so as far as combinations go wrestling and craft yeah. beer you can't uh can't say much much fairer than that um, God's combination mate indeed indeed it's you know and again it's one of those things that we've we've talked about when we have been to shows like that in the past you know, it does just kind of have that something different about it, that different feel feel to it as well. And it was it was one that I was thoroughly excited about. So yeah, I mean, if you want the uh, the full detail on the uh, on 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 the day, I'd probably tell you to uh, give a uh, grab some claps audio a, a you know a listen there. They'll give you the full detail on the pubs we went to and the pints we had and uh, and everything like that. But you know, I think just more specifically about the. The show itself. Um, I mean, you know, I, 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 I can't lie. Like the overall experience was was good. You know, I think when I first got there and got to the got to the show, um, you know, it was a you know good good setup um, in terms of obviously the the way things were laid out in the in the room with the big bar and all that. It was one that I was you know quite excited to to get into and see and have a few beers. You know, there was a lively crowd there. I think it was the they're certainly the biggest crowd that I've seen um, at a wrestling show this year outside of that Rev Pro show that we went to at Victoria oh, House in in, mm. in in Manchester. You know, it was a I, I think it was billed as a sellout this show. I think they you know some tickets emerged that they had to sell on the the, the you know in the days beforehand. But um, I think um, you know it was upwards of two hundred people in there as well. So it was a good crowd, cracking atmosphere with the with, with, with that one as well. And you know. All in all, feeling pretty, uh, pretty excited for the show, and you know, to be to be positive about things. I think in the main, or apart from the main, um, which I will get to, um, <laughs> in the main, it was a you know, it was a it was a good sh- you know, it was a good show. It was a good solid show, and you know, I think that, you know, when you look at who was on the card, though, I think as you as you go through things, there was you know, there was a. Tag match with you know Lizzie Evo and Tonga against Rio and Gia Adams. Alexis Falcon was on there against Lana Austin. You know, so again, a couple of people who you know you see you see more regularly uh, in that in that area. You know, Chuck Mambo and TK Cooper having a match with 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 Crash Boat. Um, I think as you were sort of seeing the names here that were on the show, there was a lot of people that have been able to see at TNT and at Tidal and at um catch and you know different places a lot of familiar names faces again that you see in a lot of uh, seen in a lot of um lot of lot of shows around the area really that you kind of have expectations that they are going to go out there and deliver a decent level of match and you know they they all did you know and i think you know that alexis falcon lana austin match was very good you know both of them are always going to you know deliver to a certain level 
the TK Cooper Mambo match against Crash Boat again, very good tag match on the card. You know, real you know high tempo, a lot of, um, lot into it as as well. That again got the got the crowd uh, crowd going. Probably best match on the show was um, Darius against HD Drake. Um, that was uh, that was one which really stood out. I know Darius is one that the Ogdens are very high on from seeing him a lot of shows. Someone with a very big uh, big personality. You know, a lot of charisma. You know, a lot. You know, a lot of exciting kind of up tempo stuff that he's doing in the ring as well. And you know, HD Drake felt like he held the match together for me. For me, and you know, really, really worked uh, solidly throughout that. So there was, there was, you know, a lot of a uh, lot, of, a lot of positive aspects. Now I'm not not going overboard that there were like five star matches, but there was a consistent run there of you know decent you know star matches um, throughout. That when you're essentially going to a show like this within a British promotion these days. You know, it's gonna be you know, it's gonna be positive to 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 get that kind of um, run with it. So, you know, from from that point of view, I think it was a it was good. I think the what it did do was reiterate a lot of the points that we've made when we've kind of analysed, well, what is the future of Britress and what is the Britress world that we're that we're living in right now? Because at the end of the day, those names that I've you know referenced in there, I can see in Liverpool, I can see in Manchester, I can see in Leeds, you know, I don't have to you know, Newcastle was a over three hour trip for me. You know, I ended up the weekend by the time you got your hotel and your, your booze and all that, it probably cost me over 200 quid the weekend, you know, all in all, which is a decent wedge of cash to be forking out to go to a Brit rest show in this day and age when you can see the same, same guys, you know, 15 minutes down the road or, or, yeah. you know, 40 minutes down the, down the, down the road from you. And I think it just, I walked away just feeling like it reiterated this point really of it becoming, this regionalized scene and you know for for while you've got me doing that as pretty much a one-off to you know go and have a night with um, the four lads that uh, was meeting up there and obviously you've got the likes of Andy and Jeff who are going to travel all over the place again it just sort of really just reiterated to me this regional element that you probably are going to have 95 percent of your crowd is going to be made up from the local Liverpool, Newcastle area in the same way that a TNT show it's going to be people from Liverpool and Manchester it's going to be people you know it's people from the local Manchester area for something like catch and you know like likewise West Yorkshire when titles running and things that things like that as well so it's sort of I don't know it, it hammered that home a little bit more to me about um uh, about that aspect that you know am I going to go to up to Newcastle again and pay 200 quid to go to north to see these people probably not was there something unique or different enough about the experience that made it stand out as being particularly different I mean the crowd was good the setting was good but realistically I felt like I could have been at a TNT show or I could have been at a catch show um, either way as well you know it felt you know similar similarish experience to to me for for that point of view so yeah from um, from from that standpoint um, again it was a Nice experience on the on the day, something a bit different, um, but didn't feel like there was enough that would make me think like, oh, I've got to be there at the next show, or this is a part of a growing scene that I really want to be be part of, um, and especially once <laughs> I've, I <laughs> watched the main fun. event, <laughs> which. I mean, can I, can I just have to see you, by the way? I just, I just want to say you were having such a great time. You were posting on Twitter. You were all, you were all very positive about the great venue, and you know, I meant like 
it just came in like an hour later. Like Gareth Gar- Gar- just, yeah, this fucking main event. <laughs> People oh, have, uh, have seen your tweet panel probably, but oh, it gave me a good oh, chuckle. Oh, put that in a uh, put that in a museum, mate. Well, yeah, you put my two tweets side by side and said, "Yeah, put it in a museum because it did. It certainly <laughs> did. Uh, it, it, it certainly did feel like uh, feel like that when I was looking at your tweet, like laughing my head off, like Benno, you bastard, like <laughs> you know, like but uh, but very very true and very accurate because I think we did a Q and A show on here on on our Patreon show not too long ago. Someone asked us what our worst match was, and I know that me and JP, possibly maybe even you as well, Benno, picked out that. Um, that Alex wins a Livy Grace match from Progress 42 in Birmingham and I'll tell you what we've got a fucking contender here for my worst live match of of, of all time it's um, you know when people talk about me um, adding like a dud rating to the apps you know putting dud on there or giving people zero you know I'd after seeing this, I was thinking I'd be more likely to put fucking a dog shit rating on the app for people that they can click. But, you know, to be honest, I've had fucking, you know, I've probably seen better dog shits than this This match. It was the absolute pit. It was, the, it was, oh, it was awful. Absolutely awful. So it was, it was um, Shreddy and Rory Coyle, um, who's the uh, North champion. And uh, he was taken on Liam Slater and his surprise partner, who turned out to be, um, somebody called Lou Nixon, who was um, Shreddy's former tag team partner as part of Britain's Hardest Men. Well, it was... Uh, it was it's, it's, uh, That's a good name. Is, 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 is that a TV is, show is presented no, by Grant? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nobody that I'd ever seen uh, live before, and there's nobody that I'll ever be seeing live ever again in my life, because fuck me, God was that guy bad he's a he's a real life uh, mma fighter as well apparently so i don't want to go too full uh boots in and get my head kicked in at a show sometime yeah. or something like that but i think that really, he man. i don't think he'd been a i don't think he'd been on a show for um quite a while or he's he'd not worked a, um a lot uh, in this promotion certainly recently i think he does a lot of death matches of the of the kind as well but God, he looked like he'd never worked in 10 years. He, he, he was lumbering about the ring. His timing was so off. He was just so slow in parts in the in, 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 the, in the early stages. A lot of, oh, just felt like just standing and standing around. When you had this guy who was going to be like the surprise tag partner, I think it meant, some, meant something to the local crowd because he's tagged with um he tagged with Shreddy years before in this, in, in this promotion. So they, they knew who he was, but... God, it was a yeah. It, it it just felt like a bad promotion, especially when he came out and and performed like he he did. But it, it wasn't just him. It was the it was the whole the whole match. It was it was just it, it was a match that ultimately ended up into in being like a plunder match with like you know you're drawing pins and your chairs and your table spots and things like that. But it was like all just so. Oh, well, exactly. It kind of was. I was thinking about when we had the guy from Top Rope Brewing on, and he was saying about how he doesn't like Untapped because you get somebody who like they have a sour beer and then they give it a, like a low rating because they don't like sour beer. And it's yeah. like, you know, I almost feel like I should. I hate that kind of match generally as it as it as it is. But this was literally the worst version of it. It was like super slow. It was very much like your turn, my turn. That kind, you know, that kind of. I'll do something, then you do something. I'll hit you with this and then you hit me with this kind of thing. And it just, it was just so, it just felt so 
poorly pieced together and so repetitive in parts and it was almost like it was so slow because they were trying to determine what they were going to do next and oh it just I was stood at the stood at the bar going out of my mind at this I, I couldn't tell you how long it lasted like the match may have only lasted 10 minutes but it felt like a fucking 100 minutes and like it it just felt like it was never going to end for me it was absolutely so unbearably long and so much stuff that just felt like it was just happening just because yeah that'll happen just because kind of thing you didn't get kind of even though there was some element of a heated rivalry that was supposed to be there that didn't necessarily transcend you you didn't get that real feeling from either of the uh, either of the teams that that level of like hatred or, or or anything there it was just little violent acts for the sake of a small violent act and I was just walking out of that but you know at the, at the end, when the bell rang on that match I was just like thank fuck that is over that is the the pit is the dirt worst this match like i'm so so glad that's behind me and then joseph connors came out (laughs) at the end to making a as a uh, as as he's already done in um another promotion so far hasn't he you got the you got the surprise appearance for joseph connors who's back on the scene ready to uh you know ready to make his mark and I was just harking back in my mind to being at that progress show when he appeared through the crowd. I think it was like after Ali Pali when Dunn had dropped the belt and Connor's, you know, Connor's emerged and the whole place just it just sucked the air straight out of the, the building. People were a bit more receptive to him um in the building here, but it was just like it was all it was like the cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake of the absolute shit turd that just fucking laid in front of me because uh, it just left me just walking away just like well yeah if I felt like there wasn't much reason to me going back up here to uh up here to 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 north they've just given me a great big fucking reason not to be going back up to up to north there as well so um so yeah it's a um that's, oh, that's Brit Rose now, though, isn't it? It's like that is going to be every show until February. Right. Oh, Joseph Connors is here. And then it'll be Flash, Flash Morgan Webster. And then it'll be fucking Mark Coffey. <laughs> that's going to be 2022. These fucking heroes in beards return. <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a, um, yeah, it was a, it was a very, um, dark end to the evening anyway <laughs> having, uh, having having enjoyed it up to uh, up to that point I, uh, I i certainly won't be recommending that anybody goes and checks out that vo uh, that main event on the the vod but if you're if you're in the newcastle area and you want to go and watch a wrestling promotion locally then fair dues you can go and have a you know have a good beer within a decent crowd watching some good wrestlers who um you know you can see at a uh, at a at a local level in different parts around the country but yeah doing a doing hold your breath for um um <laughs> any uh, any 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 Lou Nixon matches that are going to be uh, uh delivering five star any uh, anytime soon um fucking hell you uh, got you just didn't come now, lads. You were you were considering making the triple play well, at one point. Oh, well, it was like when you well, when you said two hundred pounds, I was like, yep, glad I didn't go. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I was. Sad yeah, I said this to you on the night. Like I was sad I didn't make the night out. I was having a bit. I, I'm a bit like that. I was mm. having FOMO. I was like, ah, maybe I should. I should have done it. It would have been a laugh. And then I saw this review. I saw your review that made a mess. I was like, yep, yeah. glad I didn't go. And then I heard Joseph Connors turned up after as Ben's put there. His chains are off promo. <laughs> 
came out to, to critters these couple of weeks or so. And I think, it, I think it'd be worse, to be honest. If he came out to silence, I think I'd prefer it to people pretending he's a big deal. Uh, I'm sure he is a big deal in some of these promotions. I know he'd done stuff in BWR in the past, which was the uh, the Cleethorpe promotion you were mentioning before. And I'm sure he's a fucking cult hero to these North fans. But... Pro's pro, mate. Oh. The workers are loving. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's the measuring stick, mate. Yeah, well, thankfully, uh, we still had the remainder of the night to go out after that. And uh, Ben go. and Chris, uh, the, the Ogdens went home, and Ben and Chris dragged me along to Pock World, and we had a very good, uh, very good evening on the dance floor there to a, a bit of a bit of like a prayer, watching Ben do his best Grado impressions <laughs> and uh, th- things like that on the da- on the dance floor. I had a had a, had a good dance, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, I had to be up at six o'clock the next morning to get back to Liverpool in time to because uh, Sarah and Alex, oh, wow. Sarah and Alex were going to. Uh, Crystal Palace. So, um, so yeah, I could have done with a few hours uh, extra kip, uh, kip uh, the the following morning. But good, good night was had or, had by all on the uh, Brit Rest Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're the same as VJP. Glad to be two hundred to three, probably for you be three hundred pound better off. Uh, yeah, having not gone to the uh, the North Shore in Newcastle, but and they, sad and to be in the run up. Yeah, and, and that being the run up to Christmas, but like uh, you know. I do want to see this main event. I won't lie. I'm very curious. I'm, I'm just fascinated. And, and just to confirm, Gareth, you're willing to fight Lou Nixon. Is that what you're basically saying? But it's it, oh. like you say, uh, the night out, I'd love to do it. It'd probably be a lot easier to do it in, say, Liverpool. Or I could just stay at one of yours, and you'd be the, the pleasure of your own home at the end of it all. You know what I mean? It's like, and like, essentially get the exact same experience. That's yeah. The thing. Well, it's it's and it's even then you can't TNT. get me out of bed for them show. So, no, that's that story. That there that reminds me of um, the last last Red Pro show I went to, and JP had buggered off. I was in the pub at the end of the night, and we'd I'd been chatting to Mike Loco a little bit. And Dan Maloney was like going around the outside the pub, just saying bye to everyone, like strangers and stuff. And he came over, came over to me, and gave me a hug. And Michael Loco just looked at me and went, You're "Fucking lucky, he doesn't know who you are, aren't you?" And I was like, "Yep, <laughs> yep." My <laughs> <laughs> fucking whole life flashed before my eyes when he put his arms around me. Terrified of the things I've said about fucking Dan Maloney. And all the things are, he's a fantastic wrestler. Nobody clipped this. Fan- Love Dan Maloney. Never, uh, never disappointed me once before. Uh, but yeah, live in fear now, Gary. Yeah, that's it. I'll be watching my back. I won't be going to the northeast any time soon, anyway. So I'll be, uh, I'll be all right. If it's not, if it's not the Greg's lovers uh, coming for me, it'll be, uh, it'll be the, it'll be the North Main Event crowd. Um, Did you get a photo um, with Joseph Connors? Oh no no no! We got we got a we got a group photo with Derice. Oh, um, just seeing Ben. Thanks thanks oh. for paying for that, Ben. By the way, um, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 pounds in the post. God, I hope no one paid for a picture with Connors, but I'm sure they fucking did. Um, also, do you like the setup I've got here, Gareth Brit, Garth Brit Res Corner? Uh, little Brit Res. I loved it, mate. I I thoroughly enjoyed. You know, the worst thing seeing... is, if you search the what? word Brit Res on Google Images, the third line down spotlight show images. Fuck's sake. Never get away from it. <laughs> I want a jingle next. Uh, we we appear in the search results before progress does. Fucking terrifying. Oh my god. We've become what we hate at last. <laughs> I think we have. Or some Brit Res Roundtable who haven't done a show in about three years, but oh well. What are you going to? Yeah. Uh, well, with my uh with my new Brit Res corner where I um 
try and sow the seeds of positivity as much as I can. <laughs> I'd like to think that as, as negative I was about the, um, the the main event there, what still a lot of positives. Hopefully that you can uh, take out of that from the the rest of the card and the uh, the, the experience on the the show itself. Um, I'll do my bit. I'll fight this. I'll fight this Brit Rest corner. I heard you might be doing a, a Brit Rest podcast this month, Gareth. Are we allowed to mention it? Might be coming up. Wait till I've uh, watched the uh, replays on VOD to see if they hold up on tape before <laughs> I. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> go and put my neck on the line too much. Potentially BritishRestlingExperience.podbean.com, but uh, we'll see. Potentially. Um, <laughs> are you going to be joining us for that then? Eh? Fuck no. <laughs> I'm not going in person. I'm not watching the fuckers on tape. Uh, you might have there. Potentially, Andy. If such a thing is real, we'll uh, we'll have a great time together. Yeah, yeah, we're doing the uh, we're doing the Lou Nixon mixtape. <laughs> uh, uh, coming to patreoncom scene Garth's Brit Res Corner. There you go. We'll charge for it. Um, <laughs> but uh, on that note, JP, anything else you've seen? I know you were trying to um, shoehorn some um, NJ Strong um, before um, starting mm. recording. Yeah, really quickly. You probably should because finished... we do preview it every fucking week, don't we? On the weekend, yeah. Like, Ooh, that looks good. Ooh, that looks good. And then neither of us fucking watch it. So I'm glad you've done was... your work. Well, spoiler alert: we're like three hours in, or very close up to it, and we haven't mentioned tag league or best of the super juniors once during That's all of this. And the finals for them are on this Wednesday. Um, do you want to know? Do you know what's in them? What the finals are? Do I need to tell you live on air? Go on. Is it as bad as I guessed there? on the weekend show? Because I guessed Evil and Ujiro. whatever team and with yeah Ujiro. I can't remember who I said they'd be against, but I think they are in the final, aren't they? I think I know that. Yeah, against Goto and Yoshihashi. <laughs> team leader. <laughs> uh, that's a better option than some of the other ones in that. To be fair, I I swear Goto and Yoshihashi is not all bad. I'm no. like okay, like it's like 2021. Um, Evil and Ujiro yes. is. I like my god and then the the best of the super juniors final it's quite it's Hiromu versus Yo eh, not show but Yo that could be it's, I suppose yeah it'll be different it'll be an interesting test of, of Yo like I say not watch the second of it <laughs> like really don't still debating whether I will do on, on on Wednesday but there you are but I did watch New Japan Strong simply because seen a little bit of kind of things out there but actually it was it was quite fun to watch Gabriel Kidd was on there against Jonathan Gresham in the opener I think it's the kind of main thing and obviously they referenced the promo that he gave the the one about the, the kind of mental health issues that, that he had been going through as well and it was great because the crowd were quite invested in him they knew who he was he came out to a good reception went up to Kevin Kelly told him how much he, he loved him um, and like kind of sort of uh, gave him a hug and then they had a very good match that I would go. I, I, I haven't put a rating in for it yet. Ah, oh, dear. You're going to have to change that round. Three, three and a half stars. I'm not even going to reference it. Um, three, I'd say about three and a half stars because it was really good, like kind of creative stuff. And it was like very sportsmanlike. And then what ended up happening is that Gresham kind of got a couple of like kind of eye pokes and it sort of degenerated towards, towards the end. But it felt like, Gabriel Kidd, in terms of the look, how he carries himself in the ring and the presentation, like early doors on an excursion, looks good. And America being the place to kind of be in order to kind of get the character side down, which is something that only, only uh, Andy Ogden has seen 
really. Um, the, the character side of Gabriel Kidd, really. The other stuff that was on there, they had the Young Lions against the United Empire. So it was Coughlin, Fredericks and uh, Connors against Will Ospreay, um, TJP, disappointingly, and uh, who was and um, Jeff Cobb. And that was a, a fun match. And then the main event was Brody King versus Tomohiro Ishii. But all of this happened in a theatre. So there was a crowd there and it looks all right for that. The thing you came away with is you thought, actually, this is a perfectly good hour of TV with some good wrestling in it. Ishii King was exactly what you would kind of expect it to be. It wasn't a, like kind of top line Ishii, but it's the kind of performance he puts in the States in his sleep frankly mm. and Brody King looked looked good and I imagine he's going to be all over New Japan strong now from this point like there's a big in for him there when he gets over there in that kind of big gaijin role and they haven't got anyone he'd be fresh he'd be an interesting figure to put in there I don't know what you guys think well, as I've, much to be honest I was just going to say on that on the point you just mentioned there about Ishii Fuck me. Like, I know I was probably more positive than I expected to be on his one dynamite appearance, but how fucking shit with his one dynamite appearance if you, if you look back on it now. We got mm-hmm. him in a fucking six man joke match with Orange Cassidy, or a tag joke match with Orange Cassidy. We never mm-hmm. got any more single. We just kind of all forgot about that, didn't we? Like, he never yeah. actually came back. That was what they did with I can't believe that. Yeah. Didn't, didn't even get his own music. Oh, horrible, horrible. Tony Khan. He's a man of great taste, usually. Mustn't be an easy fan. Oh. But yeah, I, I like well, Brody King. I do like Brody King. I think he's got, he's different, isn't he? Uh, you don't get many big guys on the quote-unquote indie slash, you know, this weird hmm. mid-tier TV era where New Japan, MLW, Impact, and ROH lived. I think he's, yeah, he's, he's always somebody I've, I've liked whenever I've seen him. And I think they've got Eddie Kingston on next week. I could be wrong on that one. I mean, you ignore the kind of show names. They just don't mean any. This one's Detonation. And it's just like, what? The, these endless kind of tours, like Showdown. You just no idea what, what's happening. It did make me think when you overall look at it, like it's an interesting hour of TV with some interesting people in there and interesting combinations. The thing that's that I think about it is, is they desperately need a TV outlet for it. Otherwise, ultimately, it's really going to exist in a vacuum because I can't see it gaining the kind of traction for it to really mean anything in terms of drawing audiences. It's the kind of stuff that if you can do it, you put it on as an hour of TV, whether it was an access or whatever, and it's perfectly serviceable for that. And it's it's good because it's in front of crowds. Um, And then the other thing is you come away with going, how many of these people you'd like to see in real New Japan? and just uh, have it as how it would break up the staleness just to have any number of people from New Japan strong on there. But most weeks they put on cards that are good, you know, better than anything that WWE would throw up. And a lot of the times, just like I say, yeah, interesting combinations. And because of the whole sort of end of Ring of Honor, they're going to have an even more of an influx of talent in there as well. So, yeah, it, it, New Japan... USA, I think, is something to keep an eye on into into 2022 because I think in some ways it feels like it'd be a make or break year. I, the crowds and the attendances don't seem great, but as a television show, this was perfectly fine to kind of kill it. And Kid Gresham is worth, I, I think, worth going out of your way to watch. Fair enough. That's it. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend I've got anything to say about Tag League or. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, no. God, did, you, uh, did you did you have some stats on that, Gareth? You wanted to mention? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the telling side of things for it is, is if like if you look at um, you know best of the Super Juniors 2019, so we're literally talking, you know, two years ago, there was like 12 matches in the tournament that had a average of four or above on grapple. So like there was a, a whole host of you know matches there. Shingo against Will Osprey was the highest rated of the of, of them all. It was the grapple match of the year that year. But you looked at the different combinations here where you had within that top twelve, you've got like Dragon Lee's in there, Shows in there, El Fantasmo, Rocky Romero, Bandido, Robbie Eagles. You know, there's 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 a whole mix, Taiji Samori. There's a the whole mix of people there, just different combinations putting on really good, strong matches. You look this year, there's been one match, one match in the whole tournament that's got an average of above four, and that was like El Desperado against Hiromu uh, Takahashi. But then you you look at everything else that's behind behind that, and you've got like Hiromu against Robbie Eagles, Hiromu against Taiji Samori, Duki against Hiromu Takahashi, uh, Bushi against Hiromu. Like it's basically just a Hiromu fest behind that, and but none of them are even four star matches. You know, okay, they're above, they're you know they're three point seven five to three point eight average matches that are coming there, but you know that's a very different world that we're living in now, where you've got this whole host of different fresh combination matches only two years ago that are all you know dropping over four star average that that feel a bit more kind of pertinent to be going out there and watch whereas these you know it doesn't feel like there's you know you can you can watch a bloody 3.75 star match any week of the year can't you somewhere there's the, the there's that match uh, there's a match of that level going on somewhere it just feels like it's just as well as been out of the consciousness it just feels like there's there's nothing of um quality you know extreme levels of quantity uh, quality that's even pulling people into to, to want to watch watch these and you know i look at this from like an app point of view where when something's good the number of ratings on the app will still you know spike at the same levels that they will two years ago people will open the app and throw the ratings in there the best of the super juniors ratings here you know i'm seeing like 10 times less ratings in there for certain things because you know there's there's clearly nothing there that's that's sparking interest in people. People aren't putting ratings in there that are making like creating almost that perpetual thing of making people want to go out there and watch it because people are saying it's it, it's good. It just feels like an afterthought all around, really. And it's one of those that when I'm looking at this, I think, well, I haven't been watching it, and I'm kind of feeling like, well. I'm glad I'm not because at least I'm not wasting my time and I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything either really so um, yeah let's uh, hopefully see uh, New Japan bounce back in uh, 2022 but that's a, a whole whole new debate for not three hours into a podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'll be its own one uh, Wrestle Kingdom week in uh, three or four weeks when we, uh, when we yeah. get to that so yeah, look forward to that. But it'll be a it'll be a Noah week podcast that I think we'll end up. Uh, oh yeah, talking more about that than we will actual Wrestle Kingdom based on uh, current trends. But yeah, got that to uh, to look forward to. And yeah, as I said at the top of the show, two weeks time we're doing uh, our Christmas uh, Ask Grapple special. So look out for that on our on our YouTube regular spotlight next week. And uh, top ten uh, matches of the year will be coming as well as well other um, bonus stuff on Patreon. Our mixtape episodes. We're looking at doing um, some Grapple awards for the uh, the first time. Uh, exclusive for our patrons um over the christmas period too so plenty going on uh, anything else to plug jp 
No. Other than I'm going to be on the Sesh podcast for the series finale, and it's not been spoiled by the chat, so that's very good. It's too late to watch it now, but uh, I can see myself like just definitely just plough through tomorrow, avoiding it, set aside the time for that. And then, uh, yeah, look forward to that. So recording out on Thursday, so that'll be out on um, uh, BD Patron very soon, on the Up Next Patron. Excellent. Gareth? Yeah, one thing that I forgot to mention about the trip to North was that it was a pleasure to meet um, Simon Mulvaney, one of our uh, patrons who uh, oh. was on the live uh, shows and, um, you know, putting some great comments and funny bits in there and following oh, up with tweets man. and tweets and things like that. I so that was an absolute pleasure. Episode description every week. It's the, uh, I love exactly. his episode descriptions. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Absolute pleasure to uh, pleasure to see him um, at the at the show there, and have a have a crack with him and meet him in person. So that was a that that was a good one. But um, in terms of any uh, other plugs on that, it's just yeah, just the usual. Get yourself on the App Store. Get yourself on Google Play. Download that app. Get those ratings in. We're coming to the year end. You're going to be making your uh, match of the year list. So you're going to be catching up on stuff. No better place to do it than Grapple. Definitely. There you go. So, yeah, as I said, look, plenty more to come from us. Patreon.com slash grapple for all of that good stuff. But other than that, that's it for us for another show. We'll see you again next week. Bye. Embassy see forever. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome. Summer, but motherfuckers forget till I'm back up on the set and every motherfucking jump shot wet. Same outfit every day like a cartoon. Uh, they'll never find you in a shark suit, and there will never be a part two. Shit, you're looking at some motherfucking art, boom.